Welcome to the Press Conference Podcast, where we bring you the pressing information nobody asks for. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Not bad, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, Excited for this episode, dude. Yeah, pretty keen. I think um, if you're listening, we've released this on a Friday, which is a bit normal to what we normally do, but we actually recorded the main part of this episode on Monday, and we, we had so much fun, and we were like, fuck it, let's just try and drop it. ASAP. So, um, yeah, dropping it today. Yeah, it's awesome. I had a great chat after this. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty keen to, um, to see what everybody thinks and get some feedback from you guys. Absolutely. So, uh, do you have any pickups this week? I did get some pickups this week. Um, actually today and yesterday I had a few things. So, um, I got a splatter on white copy of Pain is Power by Justice for the Damned, uh, which, Ooh, yep. yeah, super, super keen on. Um, I got a copy of Dude Ranch by Blink on the back of our app. I, um, I wasn't ready to collect Blink, but it came up and here we are. I got mm-hmm. the Clay J. Gladstone um, Home for Halloween Hate Club, the three sevens for that today, including my first Liquid Field variant, which is really cool. Um I was hoping to get one. I didn't know it was going to be liquid filled. So uh, when that came, like it was a mystery variant, that was really cool to see. And then yeah, nice. yesterday, I actually got a package from you, um, mm. kind of like a bit of a late birthday thing. You gave me um, No Wings to Speak of by Hope's Fall. Uh, I nearly fell off my bloody chair. <laughs> yeah. Do you think I was tricking you or something? No, nah, but I think uh, I just, I mean, it's probably the EP this year that I've I only discovered this year, obviously, on the back of Convos With You and people um, are really on the back of this episode, the conversation started. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, it blew me away. And I know it's not easy to get. Um, and so, yeah, when I actually put it on, I spun it today and put it real loud. And it was um, it was incredible. It was, a, it was a feeling I haven't had spinning a record in quite a while. So uh, thank you very much. And I know you got it through our friend Chuck as well. So shout out to him for moving it out of his collection because I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Yeah. And I'm so glad you like it. And the way you spoke about the EP and Hope's Fall as a band, really, like you, you, I couldn't think of a more fitting person to, to kind of have it. And um, Chuck's an absolute legend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he him letting it go is a, is a big deal as well. So um, yeah, I'm glad to pass it on. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Now I've got to find the album who gets it first. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, that's that one's not getting passed on. Sorry, dude. <laughs> what about you? Have you gotten anything recently? Uh, yeah, I had a pretty good mail week too. I had a couple of, um, couple of Screamo packages come in. So I had... Um, Two Angel Dust seven inches stay and upside down yep. from uh, rock, rock the fuck around. Yep. And um, I also had a one step closer 2020 flexi come in. So there's two songs on that. So cool. Got a nice little flexi collection coming on. I also have um, had the Portrayal of Guilt and Slow Fire Pistol split come in too. So. Both of those bands are kind of getting close to, to having their, their full discographies. Yep. And uh, yesterday I had a copy of The Black Parade come in from uh, our mate Webby. So thanks for thanks for letting go of that. I've got the um, the main albums now for my chem. So you've influenced me enough, Phil, to spend my money on, the, for, on those. 
I mean, I'm going to bring this up every time you bring up the Black Parade, but I'm still kicking myself that you sold that box set. I know we didn't know each other, but Mm, (laughs) if we, ah, man, uh, I'll get a copy one day. Um, Can you believe when I picked that up, I had the choice of the regular for $45 and the deluxe for 50 off the Warner Brothers website? fucking hate you sometimes <laughs> when you tell me stories of this shit <laughs> yeah that's a long time that's 10 years ago now um, but um that's awesome yeah, i wish i still had it and then i'd, I'd sell it to you for a thousand dollars i'd probably pay it to you like a fucking bum i am <laughs> <laughs> um no that's really cool it's a good pickup week man mm, yeah thank you i've been um chipping away there's not much not, not much else coming so um it's good to have a bit of a lull yeah, cool. So uh, we said at the top of the episode that this episode was coming out on Friday. Um, and the re- one of the reasons we wanted to do this as well is because um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different for our pressing suggestion or feature album this week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an album that actually comes out today. And like a lot of people on the internet, um, being a bit cheeky, you know, heard a leak of it uh, at the start of the week or just on the weekend. Uh, and we've been listening to it quite a bit and I think we both really love it and we thought mm-hmm. fuck why don't we just talk about it for our feature album give it some time um, and yeah if you're listening to the album today and you listen to this fuck maybe they go hand in hand yeah 100% and it's all good don't worry we didn't leak it and Brendan said it was okay so we're going off his good graces he like as most musicians they just want their music listened to yeah uh, so like go on well it'll be on streaming services so give it a listen give yeah. it some time and i think and he puts his heart on his sleeve there 100 percent. and i think i should also mention we've both got a pre-order of this <laughs> we're both going to stream yeah, the heck out so of it when it comes out so it's not like we're listening to it once and like fuck that um yeah yeah i'm, I'm being we've been keen for this album for a long time i think we've spoken about it in a few eps as well so um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, like you mentioned, if you haven't guessed it yet, Counterparts, a eulogy for those still here, our feature album for the week. What was your thoughts on your first listen, man? So I, I got it, I got the download, I think last Saturday mm. and I put it on, I was doing some stuff in the, in the backyard and I was just like, whoa. And then further in I got, so like, like the single, a couple of singles are up early, early on. Yeah. Then I hit the middle part of the album, like, oh wow, yeah, here we go. And then like it just it just does not stop. Yeah. I think um the singles were great. And they mm. they were when I saw the set the track listing, it was super brave that the three singles are at the front of the album. Um mm-hmm. and especially arguably the first track. Maybe still arguably my favorite, but that's because I've been listening to it so much since it came yeah. out and obviously the opening tracks about like it was Kat Kuma who, who died like two weeks ago, a week ago, which absolutely brutal. Yeah, rough. Um, but to have those three singles at the start of the album, it's pretty brave, I think, because yeah. people might just go to those three songs. But uh, I think as you listen to the album, it's, and I, I kept writing it when I was like thinking of notes to write for this album, it is paced and, the, yep. the track selection of where they even sit on the album is fucking second to none. Like maybe one of the best of the year. Uh, it flows so well. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think it's just a fantastic album. Yeah. It even has those, uh, that slow song, like three quarters of the way through 
Um, even the title track is is kind of a little bit off pace, so yeah. you kind of have a chance to take a breath, um, and then it just got gets straight back into it. I think it's like just really well paced, as you said. And I think, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I wrote a note for that song that kind of that softer song in the middle. It kind of came at a perfect time because, like you said, the title track, um, it kind of starts really weird, but I think it ends really strong. Mm. And then I think yeah. the the flow of that into the next track, which is fuck, what is it? Skin beneath the scar, um, just yeah. flows so well. And then, like arguably, the track after it, "Sworn to Silence," um, insane. And I think it's just that it kind of bridges the album really well. And then the back half of the album is just nuts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like a really good progression from. Um, from their last album. Nothing left to love, yeah. I just absolutely yeah. I absolutely love the guitars in this. Oh record. my god. I think this might be Mate, the strongest guitars I've had. I would nearly argue that yeah. to date. Like insane. Yeah. It's just placement and skill, and I know it's kind of like very similar sounding all the way through, which is fine. They've they've picked a theme. Yeah. But it works really well in the background and it just keeps you interested because you want to hear those those melodic guitars in the background yeah i think um like we talk about i mean fuck i talk about it all the time music that makes you feel things without the words right and i can't wait to for this to come on streaming so i can actually read the lyrics to the songs and you know get immersed in all that because i'm a fucking nerd um but i felt so much from this record whether it be the right thing that they're trying to get you to feel um but it took me on a bit of a fucking roller coaster like that and it's just incredible and I'm not sure, like, I want to talk to a few songs, but um, I think when one of the songs that I thought the guitars were the best was Soil 2. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a, it's a great, it's amazing that the sequel, or sequel song, I guess, from a track title point of view, uh, from the album The Difference Between Hell and Home, I think it took me by surprise because I listened to the song and I'm like, the start, the guitars are just so, yeah, at the front of mind. And then I was like, this fucking, what is this song? And I check it at Soil 2 and I'm like, fuck they've written like a second part to the album four or four albums ago i think now um yeah clever and then like the guitars keep going but then the he- arguably the heaviest screams on the record come on this track yeah. but it's not the heaviest song and i was just like that's beautiful um yeah it's just incredible i think the one that stands out for me and it's the one that i sent you a screenshot of yeah when i was listening on saturday is sworn to silence and it's those two ambient parts of the song, and it's like the opposite of a breakdown. I know. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how it. How good. It set you up, and it let it 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 let you down if it just didn't re- like if it just wasn't awesome. Yeah. Like I don't know how to describe it, but I was just like, "Here we go. Here's a breakdown," and then it wasn't. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, I love this." I wrote down um, after this song, when we were kind of listening, getting notes together for this. I was like, I need to get pit fit for this song. <laughs> like, yeah. When this song comes oh, out, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to be, I want to, I want to be healthy and ready to to get in there because yeah. like the guitars are so good early on, but then the breakdown comes and it's like it starts with the drums and it's it's a bit offbeat, like you kind of said, but then the fuck it just all comes and it's like, yeah, this is really great. This is counterparts. This is really good. Know, melodic hardcore um well, modern melodic hardcore and yeah great track um maybe one yeah. of my favorites too 
Mm-hmm. I think it really reminds me, and this is like a, a deep cut for me, but there's a part in um, Thursday's Understanding the Car Crash that does a similar thing. Yeah. And it's just like a little um, few notes strung on a guitar in like a quiet part of the song. Mm. And it just kind of, it just like makes it. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's awesome. And like more bands should do it, I think. 100%. And I think this whole album has moments, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like I think, and especially that moment, it works really well. And I remember we were talking uh, before we, like before I listened to it properly, um, you said there was one part of the album that kind of threw you off and it was the start of the title track. And I can't yeah. tell you the amount of times, which, because we fucking were cheeky and listened to the link, not listening to it, the transition properly, because <laughs> I'm swiping across mm. my the files app trying to listen to both songs and it i i get it but it starts off kind of weird with the vocals as well and how it kicks in but that track arguably has some of the nicest progression of a track in the whole album and by the end like what the fuck (laughs) like there's like cheeky like double kick drums coming in the guitars are there there's like the screaming and clean vocals overlapped and it just got me so hyped and everything you want in the record is in this album if you're into yeah, the heavy hundred percent. Yes, of yeah, of course. Um yeah, so do you want to name your three songs? Or is there anything else you want to touch on? Um there's one other thing I want to touch on. Um, just with Soil 2 in particular. Um I thought it was really interesting that the closer from that album where Soil One, I guess you could call it now, was on. Um mm-hmm. That was a closer on that record. And for this track, when it came on, I'm thinking, fuck, are we at the end of the album? But it was three tracks in before the end. And yeah, it was almost like it was a bridging song because it starts really soft and then it kind of builds up. And then the next track's quite heavy. And then the next song's mm-hmm. the end of the album. And I just thought that was a really interesting choice. And I'm sure there was a reason for it. Um, yep. And I can't wait to hear more about them talk about the songs on this because I thought that was just really impressive. Um, yeah, that's really all I want to say. <laughs> It's like a pseudo intro for um for flesh to fill your wounds, I think. So like it's like yeah, it's like building into so like a, definitely a pair of songs. Like you know we're talking about on the Lightest Beauty episode where yeah, you've got woman the two woman songs off yeah. Rooms of a House and like they they're meant to be next to each other. I think yeah, this is, this could be the case here as well. Oh, actually talking about there's actually two more things I want to talk about. I'm really sorry, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. Um. We talk about three track runs. There are some great three track runs on this record, and I'm yeah, not. And I'm not talking an eleven just track about, run here. Yeah, I know. but I think there are little <laughs> pockets where the songs kind of make sense in, in a three. Um, yeah, and I think the end of it's like a perfect one, but also like eulogy the title the title track that three run of songs, and we've already kind of spoken to the next two, but that's a really good one. Um, it's been a good year for little three track runs in albums, and I think ranking my favorite albums at the end of the year. My like nearly my top five all has a run where I'm like really note that run and I think um, yep. it's important. Yeah, one more opinion I have, which I'm I'm really sorry to <laughs> keep dragging it on, Dave. Uh, is okay. the intro. Now I remember when Whisper Whispers of Your Death first came out, I was like, "Fuck, this hit you like straight up," because the song doesn't have an intro. It just kind of bang, the guitars start and we're on, and. Mm-hmm the intro is like perfect and I kind of wish they were in one song because if this, if this song ever comes on shuffle again, it's going to be one of those songs where I need the intro. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, it sets a really good atmosphere for the rest of the album. And 
yeah, I can't say enough good things about this album. It's jumped to my top five, I reckon. Um, Easy. 100%. A bit biased. Yeah, it's going to be tough come the end of the year. Be really tough come to the end of the year. Yeah. Like, I'm. I'm... And it's going to show how really sad we are. Maybe, maybe you. I've got, I've got, I've got some positive ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, how sad I am. <laughs> um, no, don't worry, we can be sad together. Um, what are your favorite <laughs> tracks? Okay, so I'm just going to list mine off um, so far. So I'm with you. Uh, Whispers of of your death is definitely in there yep. for the top three of me. I think it just kicks the album off perfectly. And paired with the intro, I think it works really well. Yeah. Um, next for me is Sworn to Silence. Clearly, um, just just an epic, epic song. Yeah. And you'll be proud of me here. Um, the my third favorite is the closer. Whoa. Um, a mass grave for the saints. You love it. Yeah, it's like a ballad almost. I know it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so good. I think it's almost like, and oh, look, just to reference, Whispers of Your Death is still my number one favorite song, I will say. Um, my second favorite song on here will be Soil 2. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's her track. I mean, especially how much I love the first one. I think I just kind of gravitate to it a bit more. Um, and Sworn to Silence would be my third, surprisingly. Yeah. I did have a note about the closer, though, because usually I, I gravitate to a closer. I think, I mean, this this song has everything a closer that I love in a track. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we're um I've been spoiled with closes because I could think I compare back to nothing left to love and the title tracks a closer on that album. And that's arguably my favorite song on that record. And I don't think this is as good as that. Uh, but I think it does yeah. just as good a job for what the whole context of the album is. And yeah, I do love it. It'd be a close fourth. Mm-hmm. But mm. what would you rate out of 10 if you had to rate? Oh, um, I'm looking at like a nine. Yeah, Easy. I think I'd probably have a nine as well. Yeah. Um, Fix that first 10 seconds of the title track and it's a solid 11 or 12. I'm only doing nine because I don't want to call a 10 and then it not be my number one album. Um, yeah, that's I think true. I've actually got a few nines this year. Um, and I'm sure I have to make a 10 by the end of it. But um, yeah, a great album comes out today, go listen to it on all your streaming. Uh, the physicals look Show great. Show some love. They should be out soon or here soon. It's great. So good. So, um, yeah, a bit of a mix-up for the feature album this week. Yeah. No, I love it. I think it was a great idea. And, um, yeah, I think you will be happy if, you, if you're anything like us and you like some heavy music and you like some melodic guitars and and just great songs it'll be right up your alley yeah um i just real we've been talking about album for a long time i could keep going but i'm not we'll get into the the mixtape mixtape three today yeah um really keen for uh this person we met well i met through the exact same way i met you at online trivia mm-hmm. through the second year of lockdown in sydney when i moved um, this guy is a bit of a super simp in the scene. I think if you said super simp to anyone in the local scene here, they'd know who you're talking about. Um, he is a host of his own podcast. I'm sure you probably have listened to it at some point, the coffee shop soundtrack podcast. He actually had a new episode come out yesterday, um, with eat your heart out, uh, talking about their new album, which was great. Uh, so give that a listen over the weekend as well. 
Um, but yeah, the guest this week is none other than Matt Farrow. Matt, welcome to the press conference mixtape. Hey boys, uh, thanks for having me. It's um, it's good to be here. I'm really excited. I was, I've been saying, I've told a few people what's been happening, and um, I, I've been saying like as much as I love my podcast and what I do, I don't get a chance to talk about music as often anymore as I used to. Um, you know, I've just been interviewing a lot of bands, which is fun. Don't get me wrong, I love the interviews, but just to have a chance to sit down and just just talk about music, I'm just really excited. So yeah, thanks for having me. No, um, we, we're really stoked, and when we got your playlist. Um... You know, I know Dave and I, we, we love a lot of the songs on it, so uh, we're keen to talk through it as well. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I know there's um, there's one that I'm really excited to talk to you about, and I'm sure you know which one that is. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think um, like the way I broke it up, like I said, I had some some deep cuts and then some more um, newer bangers, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get stuck in. I'm keen to hear what happens after we talk through it as well. Any bands that might say, why didn't Matt talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a list of apologies. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's too many. I, li- I literally do have a list though. I have bands that there was one song that was the last one I put in and it could have been like 10 different bands, I swear. Like it was really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Everyone that we've asked to do a playlist has like struggled to get their 10. I've got a mate who's been building one for like three months now. He's learned like 30 <laughs> lists. <laughs> that you can choose from now, so we feel your pain. You know, it's not easy, but um, I think I've done pretty well, so I'm excited. I mean, I've even been thinking about what Tim would I have if this was like me on, on the show. I, I don't know what I would do. Like, I was really struggling to get below 15, yeah. so I do appreciate you nail it down to 10. We, we ask a few questions to kind of kick this off before we get into the actual playlist. Um, the first one is, how did you get into music? I mean, I, I kind of know a bit about you, and I think Dave knows a bit from what, what he sees online as well. But mm-hmm. how did you get into it? Like, what's your journey with music? Yeah, it's it's um it's really funny actually, because like I don't have like a, a musical background in the family. Like, my parents weren't overly music musical. Um, like I mean, don't like they listened to music, but you know, dad wasn't playing a guitar when I was a kid. Like, mum never really got around that sort of stuff either. Um, I don't know. I, I sort of just fell into it. It's it's really funny actually, because like even when I was much younger, I didn't really have my own like music taste. Like I just sort of listened to whatever I was given. Like I remember listening to 50 Cent when I was a kid and the thought of that now just, I want to vomit. Like <laughs> what a, I just, uh, gross. I think every um, kid back then though listened to 50 Cent. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll touch like track one is a perfect example of why I am where I am today. But um, I think at one point I just sort of, I stumbled across like where my music journey wanted me to go and I just haven't looked back. And mm. again, some of these deep cuts here will explain why, but um, yeah, I, I, it's fun. I, I, I've never played an instrument. Like I had music class at school and I was never any, any good at guitar or piano or anything. Like I've, I've you know, I, I was a vocalist for a band for a short period of time, like about, about a year, um, something that I really enjoyed. And I sort of just taught myself how to scream, but like, that's like, that's it. Like I don't have any background in it at all. Um, I still to this day just cannot play an instrument to save my life. Like I have tried so many times to, to pick up something, but yeah, it just hasn't worked out. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have like a definite moment where it happened, but um, I'm pretty happy to be where I am though. That's for sure. I will just say on that, um, I've heard you scream. I've heard you micro at shows and it actually surprised surprised me more yeah. than anyone surprised me <laughs> from, from a vocal point of view. Um, why don't you ever, have you ever thought about picking that up or not? Oh, like again, like I was in a band, like it was literally 10, 11 years ago now. And it was fun. We played like three or four shows and um, 
we were like, uh, well, I'll, I'll get backstory on here. I've never really told this story properly, but um, yeah, it's just me and a bunch of mates, like my best mate, Lachlan, um, his neighbor across the road, that bloke's cousin, and then uh, just a drummer we picked up. And um, it was right around the time when like Attack Attack, House's Hurricane and a Shikari were all popping off. And like, oh, we cool. wanted to do that same thing. We did it terribly, um, <laughs> but it was funny. We played a couple of local shows, one show in Sydney, which was like, you know, when you're fucking 18, 19, like you, you drive two hours to Sydney to play a show. Like it's a pretty big deal. Like we thought we were like, that is this a big is, deal. <laughs> yeah, this is sick. Um, and like, even after the show, like we had people come up and be like, oh, you guys were in that band. It was like a super surreal moment, but um, it, it, it didn't um, last much longer than that, unfortunately. Um, uh, look, yeah, look, I love a mic grab. Don't be wrong. Like, uh, whenever I'm at a like a a Bloom show and an Inertia show, I've had a heap of mic grabs at Headwreck. Thanks, Connor, your legend. <laughs> um, you know, Alira, like all the boys, like they try and look out for us, and they like I tell them before the show that I want to grab one. So if I can get a mic grab, in, I will. But um, yeah, I mean, look, it's something that I wouldn't mind just jumping up on stage for for someone at some point and doing a, a couple of lines if anyone wants to let me know. But that's um, that's about the extent of my wanting to be in a band at the minute um but yeah it is yeah. fun i do i do enjoy it oh get him a guesty yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like is there footage or recordings of that band or is it kind of in the archives never to come out yeah it's it's not i've got it on a flash drive somewhere around the house i don't know where it is um there's we got like a full set and like oh, the, the recordings are pretty average to be fair they were done in like, like every band like mm. um done in the garage and it was just like some dude who lived like four streets down from where we practice uh four doors down from where we practice he heard us one day he's like oh i've like i'm an amateur music producer i'll just record it and do it all for you for free like sweet no worries like this is and it sounds dog shit pure dog shit but um it was fun again we were like i think i was i was the oldest at like 19 maybe and then like some of the other guys were like 17 so we were kids like you don't know any better that's a beauty of coming out one day isn't it like yeah. just getting out there and uh, oh, maybe maybe one day Phil I'll let you listen but it's not I'm not I'm not uploading it on the on the internet I um I had Pikey actually reach out once and like he's like oh send me the songs and I was like fuck no you'll put it on a record and distribute it no way I know what he's like and I don't need anybody else hearing that unless I say so so yeah oh, all right we'll be nice and maybe one day it's pretty bad but it's it's memories like you know well, it's more 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 live band stuff I've ever done. So me I mean, too. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fun. Like, yeah, again, it's just, yeah, I like I, I I don't want to go too much to spoil any songs, but, um, yeah, it was just like had a, had a few vocalists who I really looked up to and, and really inspired me to sort of teach it and and learn from them, and I just sort of ended up like just screaming into my cupboards trying to like muffle it so my family couldn't hear what I was doing because I was embarrassed. Um. And I, I just got kind of good at it. It's, it's just a weird story. But anyway, we can move on now. It's fine. <laughs> so as we know, you're a bit of a vinyl connoisseur like Phil and I. Um, so the next question we've got is what was the uh, the first record that you purchased? I'm actually, I'm, I'm very proud of this one. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to say that I still have it. And I don't think I'd ever get rid of it. Um, but I have a first press of Youngbloods by Amity. Um, the first awesome. record I ever bought, I just thought, like, I was always a big, like, like all of us are. Like, I was big on physical media. I had, like, 200 CDs at the time. I had merch. I had bloody skate decks. I got stickers. I got cups, mugs, everything. And then it's sort of, I just, it was just one of those things where I thought, I'll just buy one and I can frame it because, like, this is a really great album and I'll just hang it on the wall and it'll just be, like, a nice little piece that I can 
you know, have as, I don't know, just a, a memory of, of this time of my life. Um, and it sort of, the the downhill slope of buying vinyl didn't quite happen as steeply as some. Um, I didn't go down as far as Jason Mack has, spent like 50 grand in two years. Yeah. Um, I had, I probably only had 20 or 30 for about five years. I just sort of slowly just grabbed a few that I wanted. And then at one point I was like, nah, let's, let's, let's do this properly. Let's, let's get stuck in and, and really just fly down this rabbit hole. So um, now we're at 400 and yeah, I love it. It's great. What was your last one? Um, I got, I haven't got it. It's at, um, it's at mum and dad's, but I've got um, Devil Wears Prada's uh, Color Decay to pick up at mum and dad's. But I do, the one I physically last had in my hands was um, Armor for Sleep, the Rain Museum. Um, they're like an old school mm-hmm. emo band from like literally like 15 years ago who um, just made a little bit of a comeback and released a really cool record. So um, it's a, a black and gray mix, um, kind of like a, not like a smash, but um, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's like a black, no, it's like a clear through gray with like a black smoke marbling sort of through it. It's really nice, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, they're a band that sort of they were really big in America around like two thousand and five, two thousand and six, but never really broke into Australia that much. I think the only person I know of that's that's spoken about them is John Smith. He's the only other person I know that knows them. Um, but um, they had, yeah, their, their album two thousand and five, um, "What to Do When You Are Dead," was just like a classic, like emo breakout album. Um, really cool. They had a, I think they had an album or two after that, and then they just went like on hiatus. They came back and. Played a bunch of shows maybe last year and they were just doing like anniversary shows for that album from 2005 and then this year like oh yeah by the way um, we have a whole new record here you go it's amazing and yeah I've been listening to it like probably been out for it's like a month about, about a month yeah. now I want to say um, but it's really cool um, if you haven't listened to Armour for Sleep if you, if you like like just emo rock like go do it it's it's unreal yeah that was huge when we got it back in the day like year 11 probably for me so all my me and my friends used to smash it heaps. Yeah, I do yeah. love that album. It's just uh, the new one came out and I haven't visited it yet. There's been a lot of music that's come out and I just haven't kept up, but I probably do need to give it a chance. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's been a, a hectic sort of two months. There's been a um, a lot of releases jump out of nowhere that I haven't been expecting and um, a lot of music that I've really been enjoying and it's like I just I don't have enough time to listen to it all. So, um, But yeah, that was my last one. But I am I when I get a chance maybe... Maybe tomorrow afternoon, I'm, I'm really excited to get Color Decay and give that a spin because that's um, that's pushing for album of the year. And I know that I've I've said it hundreds of times already <laughs> that it's the comfort is going to be my album of the year. But I did not it did not expect Prada to go this hard. It's um, oh, fuck, it's good. I really like that album, and I'm surprised how much everyone else loves it. Loves it. Like I was a bit nervous because after the stuff they'd done in the past, I was nervous that people weren't going to maybe like what they were going to do in general. Yeah. Just to be honest, and I'm. Everywhere you look, everyone's talking about how good it is. So, yeah, I think um, it, it's a, it's a big contender for it. Oh, absolutely. I'm 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 nervous to put together my list at the end of the year. Last year, I had like 20 EPs and like 10 albums. This year, I've got 20 albums and like 10 EPs so far. So, it's um it's gonna be a really tough list to put together. But um, yeah, uh, Devil Wears Prada have really made a very good case for themselves to be album of the year. And actually, it's a good segue to something I wanted to ask. So you just uh, most recently did the episode review on your pod, the Coffee Shop soundtrack. Yes. Um, what was that like? Because that was a really fun listen. And uh, you can really hear how much like you guys love the band. So um, 
What was that like recording that episode? Yeah, I mean, look, it was really fun. Um, like Josh, I don't know if you guys have spoken to Josh much over on the the vinyl Instagram world, but um, yeah, we connected really early just through Prada and then music in general, but always Prada. And um, yeah, like I I really enjoyed this side of music. Like I don't, again, I'm not musically gifted whatsoever, so I don't know anything. I don't know like guitar terminology or you know anything about drums. I just like I know how it makes me feel and I just like to mm. get that out there. Um, it's just another way that I can sort of just express myself just through music and how a song makes me feel and everything that it just does to you is like, it's, it's especially an album as emotional as that one is. I don't know if you guys have delved much into the lyrical content. Um, I, I've always been a big lyrics guy. If I, I, I dance Gavin dance, for example, I, I fucking hate because <laughs> their lyrics are just garbage. There's just, there's no meaning to it whatsoever. And like, I just, Makes no sense. Um, but again, we will get back on yeah. Prada. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just really fun. Like, again, like doing stuff like this with your mates is what music is all about. Like, and, you know, I've never met Josh, but like I've spoken to him a bunch of times. We've sent records to each other back and forth. He's currently got a big box um, of records to send over to me soon. So, um, yeah, and, and Prada has just been like our mainstay. Like, and we've built such a good connection just through this band and just have a sit down and, and talk about, you know, one of your favorite bands, one of your good mates was just, yeah, awesome. And just to, to dissect it again, we, neither of us are really musically inclined, but we just both see it a different way. And each one had a different opinion. And I mean, I think we covered it pretty well, to be honest. I had, a, I had um, Jackson Allen actually messaged me and he was listening to our pod while listening to the album at the same time. And like telling yeah. us, like giving feedback to what we were saying and listening to it at the same time. So it was really cool. Just those little interactions you have with people who who actually listen and, and, you know, consider your opinion important in some way. So yeah. Um, yeah. Jackson Allen, if you're listening, mate, you're the best. Fucking love you. That's a good way to do it actually. Cause I listened to the pod as well. And like, I, like I listened to the album afterwards, but it would have been really cool to just be able to like play a song and then get to the next bit and then like kind of, see if we feel the same way. So I think it's a good way to do it. I might revisit it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a really cool way to do it. It's not, I mean, I don't know if there's any other, many other people who do a similar sort of breakdown of, of music. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I, I don't know of anyone, but um, yeah, I mean, if I could listen to someone else talk about it, I'd, I'd definitely do it too. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I already know what I'm thinking and I hear enough of my own voice, so <laughs> I don't need to listen to myself, but um, yeah, it, it would be cool. If anyone else is doing it, let me know. Oh, I was going to say, I would love for you guys to revisit, like, I know with Roots will be 15 years soon. I'd love for you guys to do that. Because I thought it was really interesting getting your perspectives because two people that love the band so much, but had two very different takes, yet similar in some ways. I thought it was really interesting. And as a Prada fan, probably my old school Prada fan, I'd love to hear that. But that's, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I hadn't thought about it. Um, it would be cool just to compare it to like, you know, current metalcore and, and the differences or similarities in between. And I mean, I mean, again, that album stands alone as, as one of the best of that era of metalcore, that mid 2000s. Um, and again, well, spoiler alert, but we'll touch on one of the songs later. But um, yeah, uh, just, yeah, fantastic band. Absolutely. Yeah. I keep derailing. I'm sorry, Dave. I know we didn't talk about this. So I'll let you get back <laughs> to the fine. questions. I'm enjoying it. I keep going down segues. All right, so the next question we got is, what was the first gig you went to? Oh, okay. Oh, this is a good one. I'm actually really proud of this too. Um, so I think it was, I want to say like 2000 and 
maybe six or seven, maybe seven. Um, there's a, a small venue. There's a, a I guess, in into perspective. So the Sydney, I live two hours south of Sydney in Nara, and then about an hour, sort of in between two. There's like Wollongong. Um, just outside of Wollongong, there's a little town called Albion Park. Is literally like it's a shithole. There's nothing there, but they had <laughs> this venue that they used to call the Wool Shed, and I um. Happened to go there one night and I saw, I, my, my dad came up with me and I think he brought someone off from memory, I can't remember who, but we went there, saw a band from Adelaide called um, The Hot Lies, yep. who were like a little like mm-hmm. punk emo band, um, classic like Black Fringes, like really like catchy pop punk choruses, like a little bit of screaming in there at times, but um, yeah, uh, I, I had some friends at school who listened to Triple J a lot. Um, I never really was a big radio person, never really listened to much Triple J at all, Um but sort of, I got thrown into that band, you know, after listening to a few of the bands we'll talk about in a second again. Um, and they were just really cool. Just like, yeah, again, like just fast riffs, really cool pop, like pop punk, catchy choruses. Um, just It was just fun music, like just really, really catchy lyrics and you just sing along all night. And um, yeah, dad drove us up there. Um, to this day, it's one of my favorite, like, Dad loved this band. Like, my dad was probably 45, 50 at the time. And, like, he was old school, like, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, Alice Cooper. And then he's just, like, jamming to this, like, pop punk band from Adelaide. Um, I, so cool. I believe I saw, I saw, okay, so I saw two gigs at this venue. And one of the times, I think it may have been when I saw, when I saw Behind Crimson Eyes there, but I saw a very early getaway plan too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember much, but I remember like, you know, you, you hear some of the early stuff they had, like like pre-whole uh, conversation, like demo era stuff. And it was just like really cool. Cherry um, but I don't remember who they supported. But um, yeah, the Hot Lies were a great band. They had two really cool EPs. Um, I think they signed after that. They had an album that sort of fell a bit flat and they just, just sort of just disappeared after that. But um, Heart Attacks and Callous Axe was one of them, and can't remember the other EP, but um, yeah, really cool. If you like that sort of old school, like mid-2000s, like punk emo sort of sound, um, I yeah, could not recommend those two EPs enough. They're great. So, Do you know them, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. I remember Emergency, Emergency, them and like yes. um, For Amusement Only, they're in the same kind of realm. They were so yeah. good. Yeah, they're a cool little band. Um, so, I mean, yeah, look, um, you know, it wasn't no Wiggles or Spice Girls, but I was pretty happy <laughs> for that to be my first show. I was pretty stoked. Pretty cool, though, that you you saw Behind Crimson Eyes. I know Dave and I, whether it be on the pod or off the pod, we've spoken about them so many times. And they were like a really important band to me, kind mm-hmm. of getting into heavy oh, music. 100%. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people, yeah, you bring it up and it's so nostalgic. So it's so awesome that you've seen them too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those bands you sort of look back and it's a bit cringe now. Like yeah. <laughs> I, you listen to some of their early stuff and it's like, it's not the best quality. And um, even I, I remember, <laughs> this is great. Um, the promo stuff that they did for um, their album, uh, Revelation for Despair, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like they had like the big black fringes, the tight skinny jeans, and they had like black electrical tape wrapped around their arms for some reason, trying to look like <laughs> real edgy. Um, but I mean, musically aside, at the time, it was perfect for that time and for where I was at. Um, that like songs like the Bonesman, um, one I will never forget. Even the early stuff was a lot more like those sort of fast punk inspired riffs and like real heavy on the emo. Um, some of the, the demos and the EPs they had were unreal. Again, they sort of, after sort of a revelation for despair, they, they were another band that 
they sort of just fell off a cliff. I remember they played like a lot of, um, was it Bang and Plastic in Melbourne, yeah. I think it was? Yeah. yeah. I remember them doing a lot of that. Um, and even at like as like late as maybe like 2013 or 14, I remember seeing a video pop up somewhere. They were doing like a cover set um, for like an emo night type thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, yeah, what a cool band. Yeah. yeah. Their yeah, early yeah. stuff is unmatched. If they kept their sound the way it was and maybe didn't sign mainstream, like the song like Art of War is an absolute oh, yeah. one of the best songs that's come out in that era. Especially like in Australia, like and, and more so specifically in Melbourne, but like there was no one with that sound at that mm-hmm. time that I can remember. Like they were yeah. like doing, they were onto something. Like it didn't obviously, like emo sort of died sort of after 2010, but um, yeah, it was, it was cool at the time. It was very cool. I was like, yeah, very, very big on that band. And I actually know the answer to this one, but what was your last gig? Oh, um, how, shit! How do you know it, and I don't? Um, was it was it, it was, Panic? No, it would have been the um, the Terror Show. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Terror, the Comfort, Wolf and Chain with Broken Earth at the Vanguard in Sydney. That's the venue, the Vanguard. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, again, that was another one where as a part of the podcast, uh, coffee shop soundtrack, if you're listening at home, you don't know who I am. Um, yeah. Jaden, um, Jaden Roy, uh, messaged me really early in the, in the piece. And he's like, look, we're putting this together. And he knows like that I'm big on terror and like everyone knows how much I love the comfort, even Wolf and Chain, like for, they're a band that I sort of only got into last year after their, um, EP and more mortel. Um, but just three really cool bands that look, we're just going to want you to sponsor it. Um, just promo it. Um, just get the word out there. Um, he knows, like, everyone knows how much of it. Like, Jason <laughs> Mack has called me the super simp for a reason. Um, <laughs> I just get out there and do my thing and make sure everybody goes to where they need to be and see all the cool bands. So, um, yeah, that was um, that was really cool. Like, just, you know, I was friends with everyone on the bill. I had friends in the crowd. Um and it was just such a cool night. And like, especially the comfort, like I just I hadn't seen that band since the end of 2019. Like I've been in talks with them ever since. I, I've had them on the pod twice since then, but I hadn't seen them in three years, which is just crazy to think about. Like I I had a, um, a run in with Marcus one night in Melbourne because Marcus lives in Melbourne. The rest of the boys live in Brisbane and I mm-hmm. visit Melbourne whenever I can. We just went out, um, had... Um, had dumplings at um, Shanghai Village in Chinatown in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we went back to my hotel and I got a cheeky listen of the album, which is out November 11th through Grayscale Records. Experience everything, live and die. Please go pre-order it. It's an, it is fantastic. <laughs> um, and they have their new single, Bloom, coming out on October 7th, which is the day before my birthday. So that is unreal. And it might just be the best song they've ever written. So Ooh. pre-save that song. Um, but they are you know, just my best mates. Like I love that band. It was so like I, I as soon as I walked in the venue that night, like they were upstairs where everyone was sound checking, and they immediately called me up. Hugs were going everywhere, and I was like, "Look at my records I've got!" And um, yeah, it was um, it was just great to see. And like I just had you know the love variants that we got through Morning Records, um, got them signed by the boys, and um, yeah, again, it was just a great night. Like um, Raf from Broken Earth and the boys there, they, they had a great set opening the show they were by far the heaviest band on the bill but it was really fun to see um mm. wolf and chain were cool it was great to finally see them that sort of like again fast frenetic like fallout boy my chem sort of the used kind of thing that they got going on is really fun they're super Comfort. theatrical yeah they're so yeah much fun. yeah really cool yeah like sort of 
Yeah, I think the bands that I sort of always link them to are like Fall Out Boy, My Chem, The Used, and like a little bit of Panic at the Disco. As far mm. as like lyrical content, not so much like music and sounds and um, stuff. But yeah, that were really great to see. The Comfort was great to see them play some of their new stuff. And then Terror just come out of nowhere. Like when I when Reverie came out this year, like I listened to a few songs and I was like, yeah, these these guys are cool. But um, after Reverie and having them on the pod and like just becoming really good mates with them now, like they are just like they are the the, the like the coolest band in Melbourne, and they're just. They're onto something good, and I love what they're doing. Um, their new single, Perfect Crime, um, so cool. That cool breakdown in, in there. It's just, um, yeah, it was just a great show. I could I could not speak highly enough of everyone involved. And, um, yeah, there's just some some cool bands getting around at the minute. It's just really fun. I love it. Yeah. And I'm absolutely keen to see Terra. Because um, I haven't seen them since that EP dropped, and I, I love that EP. Like, I've give, given a lot of spins. So, um, yeah. Oh, keen to see them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, they played... So Ter- Terror have been around for a while, um, just quickly before we move on, but um, on YouTube, they've got a cover of A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. And at the time, Cassie was still singing, but she was playing guitar. And I think from that time, she's the only member who who, who wrote that cover, and it's on YouTube, you can go find it. Um, but they busted that out and did like a full like rewrite of it with the whole new band, and it was... Um, I think they closed the show with it from memory, but it was really cool. So, mm. um, I mean, that cover's been done a couple of times now by a bunch of different bands, like Dreamer Dreamer for one. But, um, yeah, it was, just a, it was just a really fun night. So, it's good. Yeah. Covers get everyone yeah, I going. It. I reckon if you're an up-and-coming band and you got an EP out, just play a cover. that It'll give you rep points everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter. Get a single on going. Everyone will remember it. Oh, well, yeah, speaking of covers, I mean, Headrack just dropped Lying From You last week, um, <laughs> which is on the Better Sessions, which you can pre-order through Anti-Vinyl Vinyl Club. Just getting all my plugs in from all my mates here. Um, but, uh, yeah, cool cover. I think it's, um, I saw, I've seen it twice now, and it's good live. It's really good live. But to hear, like, a nice polished recording of it is really cool. But, um, yeah, um, the Better Sessions, Anti-Vinyl Vinyl Club. Yeah, get in there. That's a great cover. Yeah. And I think, um, oh, actually, Dave, you went at that show. No but way. yeah, when I saw it, they played in Melbourne and it blew my mind. I was like, fuck, like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So, you know, really good. Um, should we get to the playlist? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Cool. So, um, you kind of spoke a little bit about opening the playlist, but, um, I guess we'll talk about the first song before we, we kick th- things off. I might just add that this is an absolute belter of an opening song to a playlist. Oh, yeah. I was like, I listened to it a few times and I was like, fuck, like, this is a great opener. Yeah, it's, uh, um, it may be a controversial pick, but I mean, I think this is, this is my personal favorite Linkin Park song. Uh, Crawling just hits everything. Like, I think it, it sort of hurts listening to it now when you, you know, of Chester's story and, and what's obviously happened and just the, the the pain in his lyrics just speaks so much so much more now that he's he's gone like um i mean i could have picked any song off hybrid theory for this it's you know it's easily a top 5 album for me but um i mean crawling while it's not it wasn't it wasn't a single it's nowhere near as big as in the end and numb or one step closer i mean it's one of their best songs by far but i think it's sort of it's. I don't think it's many people's favorites. I don't know. I could be wrong, but um, I know. I think just the the story that it told, and knowing now what's you know what's transpired with Chester, I just this song just it has so much meaning to me now, and it's just like if only he could have you know 
I don't seek help another time or done something different or if something had to happen, he might still be here. But he was like, Chester for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people, I, I know it is, but he was like, as someone who didn't really have a musical background, he was my my first inspiration, my first idol, the first person that I sort of looked at. And I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Like, so cool. He's just, he's a, a generational character, a once in a lifetime voice, what he could do with his cleans and his screams. And it's just, yeah, I think, and I don't know maybe if it's my emotional connection with the song that makes it my favorite, maybe. Um, but yeah, Crawling is just, man, it hits me right in the feels every time. There's a version of it on the um, the One More Light live album where it's just Chester and Mike on the piano and he sings it with the crowd and there's a there's a, a video of it as well. It's a DVD um, and Chester's in the crowd and there's this girl in the front row and she is like sobbing, like literally like so emotional over this song and Chester, I think he just, I'm sure he just hugs her at one point and... It's like, it just fucks me up every time, man. It's just, yeah. He just, Chester just connected with so many people in a way that nobody else has. And maybe not, maybe might not ever will in this scene again. Um, And it's just, it's just so sad that he's gone. Like, um, I feel very thankful and lucky to have seen him at Soundwave in 2013. I think it was. Um, Yeah. I just, I feel so privileged to have been a part of this in the tiniest little way and have, yeah, I mean, this song, I never skip it. I know it front to back, every single note, every single lyric. Um, yeah, I, again, I just, I think it's maybe more the emotional connection I have with this song, which which speaks to me so much. But um, yeah, and I, I think, as again, as for most people, like Linkin Park were the band that kicked everything off for me. Um, I remember being 12 or 13 at the time and, and, the one the thing that stands out to me most is like that some of the music videos that they had, like the one for in the end with the really shitty CGI graphics <laughs> or, you know, the one step closer where Chester's floating in the air and he does like a backflip or the, the one for uh, somewhere I belong with the animated monsters and stuff, or uh, there's so many. Um, it's just, yeah, they were the band at the very start that sort of got that ball rolling. And it just, um, while I haven't really followed them so much after Meteora, they sort of got a bit radio friendly and stuff, which is fine. Like I know there's a, there are some heavier songs along the way, but um, and my my taste changed as well. I went more post hardcore and metalcore after this, but um, yeah, for this era of my life and this era of, of um, Lincoln Park, it it had to be crawling at the start, hundred percent. You couldn't have said it better. Um, I had this. I wrote it down. Like, is this everyone's mainstream heavy music song or album? Because like you. I remember it being on the radio and there was nothing like it really. Like after after it came like Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. But they yeah. like Lincoln Park opened the door for, for any anyone who wanted to listen to heavy music, you could get it on the radio and you don't hear anything like that on there now. It's really like a, a time capsule for that for that era. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, uh, mainstream music is much more you you pop and you hip hop and your R and B's and all that sort of stuff now, these days. I think there's a little bit more of it now when you got I mean, I don't know if you guys have been following it much, but you've got like like Avril Levine's had a little pop punk comeback mm-hmm. and Willow Smith, she's doing her little thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. MGK's been big for pop punk. I mean it's it's all <clears throat> not great. Like 
especially MGK. <laughs> that's garbage, right? <laughs> it's good to see that that it has like another access point now into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, it might not be good, and it might not be everyone's music, but that's where, that's where these this new generation of of kids are going to come through. It's where they're going to start. Yeah. They're going to start yeah. with that. They're going to want something heavier like we all did. And then it's going to just snowball from there and, and get bigger and better. And, um, but yeah, I think for yeah most people, Linkin Park is where it started 100%. And I, and I think they're almost like the perfect band for that time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. yes, there were bands like Linkin Park and the new metal thing was still kind of around, but I felt like, oh, sorry, I said Linkin Park, like Limp Bizkit, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I felt like Linkin Park, they, they were, they were, they weren't, necessarily riding that wave to the fullest extent. Like they were still kind of being serious about what they wanted to do, send their messages. And I think that's what made them so relatable to so many. Like I remember listening to their early stuff thinking like this did feel different to the other bands in that kind of sphere. Right. And then you go on and then like, I still like their newer stuff as well. Um, But I felt like their messaging was always really strong, which is what maybe differed from some other bands in that scene at the time. Yeah. Agreed. I think even now, like listening back to it now and, and it's, I mean, not, I mean, not maybe not so much right now at 30, but like listening back to it when I was 20, like what they would have been when they were writing some of these songs, like it's so much more relatable then than it was when I was 12. Um, but then, yeah, listening back to it now. And again, like I said, with crawling, like I think some of the things that Chester's writing, it's just like, and knowing what's happened to him, it's, it's just heartbreaking. Like, yeah, yeah I am. Um, I'll, I'll never forget waking up that morning and, you know, looking at Facebook and realizing what had happened. And then I was just shocked. Like it was just like one of the worst days of my life knowing that, you know, I'd never get to see them again or hear Chester sing or, you know, like he, he just did so much for so many people. And it's just, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really hard to know that he's just, yeah, he's just not here anymore. Like I'm even now, I'm still not, I'm not okay with it. Like, it's just not, it's not fair. I mean, when you were telling me that, when you were saying that story before about the one more light, like live concert DVD thing, I remember watching that too. And I was getting goosebumps with you retelling the story. It's, yeah, I mean, so many of my friends, even that weren't necessarily in the scene, were like touched by it, and and you don't see an artist like that in our scene necessarily probably get that reach anymore. And I think it just goes to show how big they were, not just to people in the scene, but people around the scene or around that time. Like, I think, yeah, it's it's actually pretty brutal when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the last one that I can remember being of, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as big for me, but as it was for other people. But Mitch Lucker was another one who I like remember oh, his yeah. impact, like, and how much it sent a shockwave through the scene, like, um, or even like Kyle Pavone from uh, We Came As Romans. Like, mm. when, as, I mean, I don't know if it's just a frontman thing because it's they're like the face of the band and they convey so much emotion through what they do. But it's um, yeah, when it's it's just it's just shit. Yeah, it's you look yeah. up to these people for so long and they mean so much to you. You might not ever meet them. You might not ever get to tell them what they mean to you. But like, you just know it. Like, and it's. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And I think as well, like in hindsight, not that we didn't take the, that kind of mental health seriously back then, but you can definitely feel this movement is way stronger the last five years, right? Not that oh, that definitely. kicked it off, but I think it does a really big part of it. Like mm, you even listen yeah. to One More Light today and all those songs are heartbreaking, you know? Mm. And I'm not saying that if he was still alive, we wouldn't think they are as heartbreaking, but I think the conversation's a lot stronger now and that's, and that's part of the scene. So, Yeah. I yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that, um, we might kick it off with uh, that track. Great opening track to a playlist. Um, and then we'll catch you on the other side. Let's do it. Thanks, Chester. 
All right. So that was at the top. We had Lincoln Park crawling. And after that, we had Story of the Year and The Hero Will Drown. Really two huge songs. Yeah, they're, they're great songs. I mean, when I, I'll we'll get into it now, but this is, when I when I think of my musical journey, there's three bands that come to mind. One's Linkin Park. Um, the second one was Census Fail. Their album, Let It Unfold You, like, was big for me. Buddy Nielsen as a vocalist and a screamer was someone I, I looked up to, and they were one of the bands that I, I was really tempted to put a song on theirs in, didn't get there. Um, the next was Story of the Year. Um, I remember at the time, I was, yeah, again, probably 13 or 14, and um, Dan Marsala from Story of the Year, that their vocalist, he was someone I re- really looked up to when I was, you know, I, I, I can't sing, but when I was learning to scream, um, just that sort of first taste of it. And, I, um, you know, when I'm on... On, a, on my podcast, I always like to find out where people's music taste started. And it's always like, oh, we listened to Guitar Hero and we found Bullet from a Valentine or Kill Switch Engage or, you know, we listened, we played Tony Hawk and we found all these old school punk tracks. For me, I was playing Need for Speed Underground and this song was on the soundtrack. Yeah. And it was always great with all those um, EA, EA sports games. You could... um. You could toggle like songs on and off as to what you wanted to listen to, and I'd always go and I'd turn off all the rap music and I'd just keep <laughs> all the punk and the metal stuff in there and just let it run. Um, this soundtrack specifically had a, a bunch of cool bands in there. There was um, Static X, Element Eighty, uh, Hot Wire, Fuel, Blindside, and I don't want to mention it, but it did have it did have Lost Profits in there. I know there we don't want it, they're you know cancelled now, but. Um, at the time for my musical journey, it was a thing, but uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're pieces of shit. We don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember this song and like, it's one of those things where, you know, you hear a song and you're just like, I need more of this. Like whatever this is, I need to find it. I need to download it off LimeWire. I need <laughs> to get all the viruses from it and I need to, I need this fucking music. And um, yeah, that album uh, Page Avenue will go down as like a top 10 all-time favorite album for me. Um, I mean, this song, I think some of these songs here along the journey too, they might not be like the best song the band's ever written or like the most popular. It, for a lot of these songs, it's just like my introduction to the band and that's sort of like very nostalgic for me. Like off Page Avenue specifically, there's Anthem of Our Dying Day and Until the Day I Die, which are probably story of the year's two biggest songs. And they're probably mm. better songs than And the Hero Will Drown. Like, Until the Day I Die has 102 million streams, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, and But at the time when I when I first heard this song, that was like, I need this band in my life. I need more of this. And I, I, I still, I mean, it, again, like, it's 2003, I think the album came out. Yep. And I, I still listen to it, like, once a month. Like, from front to back, easily. Like, it's... So good that that time when, like, yeah, punk and emo was starting to like be really heavy and inspirational in my life. This album came along and just like blew all my expectations out of the water. It does not have a bad song on it. It is just full of fucking bangers, and it's just yeah, it's just one of my like yeah like top ten, maybe even top five favorite albums of all time. Um, a band that I will just yeah, um, I'll just never forget. And this album is just amazing. I was. Um, unlucky and lucky to have seen them, but missed them at certain times. They had a um, a Page Avenue ten year anniversary tour. Um, 
it was about 2013, I suppose, um, 2014 maybe. And um, I had tickets. I had every intention to go. Um, I ended up getting caught up with a – I was working for the AFL at the time doing like um, carnivals um, for schools and stuff, and I had to do like a 6 a.m. start on a Saturday or a Friday, whatever it was, and I just – like the show was just – like for me to drive two hours to Sydney and then either oh. stay there or – come home and then go to work the next it's just like i would have no this is not going to happen but i did finally see them um in 2017 at the metro theater um with one of my high school best friends courtney um she's ridden this musical journey with me from the start um like her and our friend steph um we've done it all together we've been to all the sound waves all our shows i see them you know once a month once every two months and we'll, we'll catch up i go to a show together um me and courtney went out there one night to metro and it wasn't necessarily an anniversary tour of such. They played, uh, they just released their last album, Wolves. Um, so they played a bit of that, but then they played, yeah, they played like Until the Day I Die, Anthem of a Dying Day, and The Hero Will Drown. Played some stuff from In the Wake of Determination, um, some stuff off The Black Swan, which was really cool. So yeah, it was it was good to finally see them. I would have loved to have gone to that anniversary tour um, because like to see the album from front to back would have just been incredible. But I mean, I'm sure mm. there'll be, there might be another point. They've just started releasing new music actually, which is um, kind of cool. So they're still kicking around. Um, I mean, 20 years is next year. You never know. Yeah. it's it, I've, I have like, it could <laughs> definitely happen. Too yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, like these guys as, as a, the starting point of my musical journey were a band that I just, I couldn't go past and I had to put a song in here. They're a great band. And I remember seeing them, like I missed the anniversary tour. Um, but I remember I saw them, they, they played counter revolution that year that Soundwave revolution got canceled. Yes. And they did the, the two stages at festival hall, rest in peace festival hall. Um, and like I was into the album, but it wasn't until that show, which I think was maybe like six years, six, seven years after the album came out that I was like, fuck, I need to go revisit. And ever Mm -hmm. since this album, like you said, it's been on my rotation as well. I haven't listened to their new stuff though. So I don't know if I should, um, but yeah, fuck, they're a great band, and even live, they're probably better than the album, to be honest. Yeah, like they're, they're they're a really fun band. Live, they've always had like I watched a, like a lot of YouTube stuff growing up, but like they were always such an energetic band on stage. Like some of the boys doing like backflips off the speakers and stuff, and like just seeing like I, I suppose it's one of those bands too where the old songs just get such a good reaction from the crowd. Like we all love them. We just want to see these songs, and. You know, when you get the the sing-alongs and the the crowd surfers and everything, it just um it makes for such a great experience. And to see, you know, these songs have that life still, like twenty years later, it's um yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, really, yeah, I have so much respect for this album, and I just I love it so much. Is there a bigger three tracks to open an album? You know, I was list I was like looking at the track listing today while I was like adding songs and having listened to everything, and I you, you're not wrong, like it's three straight bangers in a row and like for, you know the album doesn't get any worse from there like it's still it plateaus <laughs> and it's nice it's good but by far the three best tracks on the album one two and three yeah out of the gate it just sets you up and you don't stop listening because you just like you ride that wave of those first three they've done it really well hmm when we were talking about this in, uh, I think, the episode with Nick, we were talking about this album in particular. Yeah. With um, when they play the anniversary shows, they didn't, they know played them, with it. The opposite, they played the back half first and the the, the first half. You pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> they played it out of because water. Because you kind of hate to, yeah. It would, that would piss me off big time. Well, I saw, just quickly before we move on, but I saw um, I saw Yellow Card um, doing, uh, they're on their farewell tour. They had two shows in Sydney. Um, one was just like a best of, and the other show that I went to was a, um, Ocean Avenue from front to back. Um, 
and they played, you know, the first three songs, they get to Ocean Avenue. And then Ryan was like, look, I know that you all come here to see this one song. So when we play it, I don't want you to leave. Please hang around, listen to the rest of the songs <laughs> and just don't leave this room. And like, so it was good to see that they, they played it in order and then like they, they finished their set. I saw Hawthorne Heights do a similar thing where they did, um, it was 2017 at the Baldface Stag, which is now Crowbar in Sydney. They did both and albums, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, Silence oh, in Black and White, yeah. and um, God, it's gone from my memory now. Oh, the um, second one, yeah. I know which one you think. Yeah, whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they played those two albums front to back. They actually had they played the first album first. They had an intermission where Shane Told from Silverstein came out and did like his. Um, he's got like a River Oaks, it's his like solo project. Mm. And he played that as the intermission, did um, a couple of Silverstein songs, Silverstein songs, including Heroin, which is really cool. But it was like just him with his guitar and everyone just screaming lyrics back at him. Yeah. Um, and they came out and played the second album, but they deliberately left Ohio's for Lovers off the first round of songs and they played oh, it at the back end. They played it last. Yeah. So it was like 12, 1230 at, at Face Stag, which is now Crowbar. And there's like all these fucking emos singing Ohio is for lovers. It was um, it was really cool. It was fun. I remember that I was at the Melbourne one, and that was at the corner. And I remember that actually explicitly as well. But it was yeah, such a time. Yeah, it's good. So the next song on the list is Walls by Emery. I know you love this band a lot. I do, and I'm with you on it. I think they don't get spoken about enough. Uh, I remember when. We found them, but uh, when me and a mate found them, we saw um, Motion City Soundtrack uh, on the Commit This to Memory tour, and like this band came out, they had keyboardists, the guy was like pretty much throwing his keyboard into the crowd, doing handstands on it, and we were absolutely yep. blown away. Went home that went home the next day, and just found found anything we could on them, and like been a fan ever since. Yeah, they're uh, such an underrated band. Like, again, like one of the ones early days that sort of really um, like did a lot for my music taste now. Um, I've chosen Walls where, like this is another one of those stories I was saying before. So whilst Walls, Walls is probably, I think this album in general, it just means so much to me is for their journey and what they've done for me. My first Emery song was Studying Politics. So there's um there was a, 2006 or 2007 taste of chaos um compilation cd that someone at school lent me and i found like some amazing bands off that like i under oath for starters like my all-time favorite band um there was um there's another an old school emo band called adair a-d-a-i-r um had a song on that called the diamond ring um i could not recommend that song enough um funeral for a friend i think the user on there like it's chock full of like all these incredible bands um uh, armor for sleep were one that were on there too yep. and then another band called bleed the dream um and that album that compilation album started so much for me so i found emery there i went back through their back catalog i mean they only had two releases at the time but they had the question which was their debut album and then um their ep the week's end which has walls on it um i mean like i've got my emery tattoo there that you can kind of see um i yeah i just the the my emo dads i like to call them they're just like <laughs> i mean they're 45 now or something they're, they're getting old but i mean they just this this ep that they've got is just it's so you hear about this story though these these guys living 
I think they were living at Seattle or something. They moved to Seattle. They were they were like they were old when they started. They were like twenty five when they when they first got signed and first released their album. Like they were, you know, on stage with kids like you know like Attack Attack or these 16, 17, 18 year olds who were killing it. And Emery are twenty fucking five, like just releasing their first album, and it's just. What I mean, they what they've done for my music taste is incredible. Like Devin and Toby as vocalists, Josh the keyboard player, like he has so much energy on stage. It's unbelievable. Um, they they've you know they've been around for yeah twenty twenty years now. They've they're still making music to this day. They've got um like a they had a Patreon at one point that changed to what they called Emeryland, which is just like a subscriber service where it's like twenty bucks a month, whatever it is. And you get exclusive, you know, merch, vinyl, whatever it is. Like I've picked up a bunch of test presses and exclusive vinyl through them, which I'm very thankful for. Um, they did a run through lockdown where they did um, some live recordings um, of uh, the week's end and the question. Um, they did a re-record of their sophomore album, um, "I'm Only a Man." Um, it's sort of that album for them. Sort of really stunted their their journey. I think the question was amazing, and they got so much excellent feedback from it and they came out and they're like oh we're gonna go come back and and write the best album we've ever written and it just like it didn't hit. it just fell flat yeah. so bad and it just stunted their career so much and i mean i don't think they ever fully recovered for it, from it unfortunately like after that um devon took a hiatus from the band for, for his family which is fine they went on with toby and still made some great music devon's come back and they still again they've put out like seven or eight albums now they had one earlier this year um rub some dirt on it um, which was a bit of a throwback. It's a bit heavier than some of the stuff they've been releasing lately, but they're they're very much more like a just like a dad rock band these days. But um, I mean, for pure like nostalgia and just j- just joy, like I still go back and listen to all these old albums, and it's just it's it's just fantastic. I mean, again, I think this song Walls is probably their best known song, which is kind of why I chose it because everything everyone's heard it at some point, but. I think just uh, what it did for them at the time and for my music taste, um, yeah, it just had everything. It had, you know, two vocalists, one cleans, one screams, some a bit of like chaos and and just like energy in there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't your standard like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, outro. Like it just, it's just like a bit messy, but in a good way. Like, and yeah, I just, I, I just, I'd never get enough of this. Um, another band I'd love to see. I know. At the moment, they're just doing a lot of like. Um, I mean, they're doing some US tours, which is cool. They've they do a little thing they call songs and stories, where they go around to like it's just like they hire out a bar for the night. Everyone packs in, sits on the floor, and they just play these like acoustic songs and just feel questions from everyone. Like I don't know if they could ever do that here. I know they were last here twenty fifteen. Um, I was living in Melbourne at the time. I didn't really know anyone. I'd, I'd probably only been there for about six months or so, and. Like my biggest regret this day is not going. Like I, I yeah, I just I didn't. Um, I fucking hate myself for it. But I'd love for them to come out. I'm lucky enough to see them the one time at um, Soundwave 2009 in Sydney. They were one of the very last bands I saw of the night. Um, got very fond memories of um, one of my good mates, Tim. Um, he kind of got in like a little fight in the pit with some dickhead. Like it was nothing. Like. He was just like crowd killing and Tim's just like standing there with his forearm, just like kicking him back into the pit. And like this dude just had enough of it and went and went him. And then like everyone just pulled him off and said, fuck off, you dickhead, get out of here. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't remember much. I remember Walls because it, that was the song <laughs> everyone went fucking nuts for. Um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd love to see this band again if it's possible. I don't know if, if they'd ever do it. Um, I'd have to like, I'd have to win the lotto or something so I could afford to go over there and see them because they've been doing these cool festival runs at the moment and they've just been playing a lot of old songs because that's, I mean, that's where their fans are. That's what they want. And they recognize that, which is good. Um, but yeah, um, so, such a great band. I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah, good band. No, I mean, I think that's like, I mean, the whole Soundwave thing, how that kind of collapsed is a bit of a fuck up and like rightfully yeah. so because we have to fuck up at the end. But I mean, you can't knock that those bands had the opportunity to come out on Soundwave. We don't get the amount of bands coming out anymore. I know we've got other festivals coming around, but they're just not as big from a... And obviously the reason why they were so big is because they weren't fucking paying the bands. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it would be great to see something like that come back and, and bands like Emory come back out. Because, yeah, I think like with my experience with the band, like they were just one of the first kind of emo, post-hardcore, even screamo kind of bands that yeah. probably got me wanting that like heavier, probably vocal um, vocals from bands. And yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize I had that much music out since. Oh, yeah, like, dude, honestly, days. like, again, some of it is more like dad rock these days, but um, it's still been fun journey to ride. Like I've I've enjoyed being a part of it this whole time. Like I still give them money every month and I enjoy the benefits I get out of it. Um, it's um, yeah, it's just one of those bands that I don't think I'll ever give up on. Like they just, they have what I want and I just back them in every time. Love it. Sweet. Let's give it a listen.
Knuckles have turned to white There's no turning back tonight Kiss me one last time We started there with Walls by Emery, uh, and then we actually heard Big Wiggly Style by The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> and then It's Dangerous Business Walking Out Your Front Door by Under Oath. Oh, man. These Big three things. tracks to end this part of the bracket. So yeah. talk to me about Big Wiggly Style and why you picked this song. Uh, this is a good one. So I just first, like, I, I will never forget the first time I heard this song. I remember I was at school. I think I was maybe year 11. Um I had this this mate of mine, Saxon. He was uh, two years younger than me, or no, yeah, two years younger than me, and um, he was in around the sort of local music scene as well. We had a couple of mates in bands, and um, you know, so you bump into each other at school and you talk about music. And he's like, "Oh, dude, I need you to hear this song." And like, like <laughs> just the way this song opens, like I'll never forget that. And then it just fucking hits. It just punches you in the face, and it's just like, 
it's just incredible. Like it for the time that it was and what it did for like my metalcore journey was like, I mean, you know, there's still your bullet from Valentine's and your parkway drives who I couldn't overlook it as well. I think especially the poison that album did so much, but um, I think more so just like the, what, like I have not stopped listening to this band since that moment. Like I've gone back, listened to plagues, um, dear love. They're not quite what I want from, from Prada, but from here onwards, like I have not stopped. Like this mm. album is incredible. Again, another band who I saw, who did it? Um, it was an eleven-year anniversary show for the album with Roots Above and Branches Below. At I think it had just turned a crowbar. Actually, it might have been Bald Face Stag still, but I can't remember. But I was there with one of my good mates, Justin, and um, yeah, we just had a fucking time. Like honestly, this album's just so much fun. Like it's just full of riffs and breakdowns, and Mike just being fucking crazy. Like yeah, it's this, just this it, yeah, it's just everything. so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. One of my favorite albums. I know I've been trying to get Dave to to jump on it a bit more lately. Um, I'm not sure how you're going with that, Dave. No, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So um, I don't know what happened. I must have just been like Parkway all the way and like Amity and stuff. But listening to back to it now, like it's a little bit ahead of its time with the way they were like the way the guitar works and, and all that kind of stuff. And like it, is really well put together. Like that whole album is, is, is really good. So I've already not, I've, I've just scrubbed it off the want list because I've seen the prices and, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> I can stream it, but um, like, it's, it's just awesome. And like the, the way the band's changed over the years, like I know we spoke about the color decay earlier and the way that's kind of, it's like gone, a little bit post hardcore slash metalcore, a little bit, but like, yeah, you can still see, you can still hear parts of roots in in those songs, and it's it's just a testament to like their ability to to play their instruments really well, and you can see that like thirteen years ago, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, they were definitely ahead of their time. I think sort of again, they were at the start of that sort of like breakdowns with synths sort of thing. And they sort of, it carried on a little bit throughout the other albums. It sort of wasn't as Mm. like, I think the synth sort of played a bit more of a background just as an ambient sort of noise, as opposed to like a, a full on like instrument itself. Like there's obviously certain parts in roots where it's very synth heavy, but that was what music was doing at the time. Like there was, again, you attack attacks and the Shikaris. I mean, more locally, like houses hurricane were very synth heavy. Mm. Um, And it was just for its time was just, like the coolest fucking thing. And I think this is another one where um, like Mike and Jeremy were were great for me as vocalists, more so Mike. I just think his range and his sound are so unique to our scene. Like there isn't another Mike Aronica getting around. Like there's no one who can hit those high screams and those low growls like he does. And like just the, like it's, it's, it's hard to explain like as a, as someone who's, been an amateur vocalist just like knowing what he does with his mouth to get the sounds that he makes it's fucking really impressive like i i I just yeah again he was just someone who i really admired and and wanted to to be and uh just yeah again just another again just a band who i have not stopped like and this is probably this is the first song i ever heard so i had to add it in it's just been incredible ride I, i they don't have a bad album i think everything even like there's people who get to sort of that new era of Prada sort of from transit blues onwards who sort of fell off the wagon a little bit because they did change their sound a bit. They've gone a bit more progressive and a bit more, yeah, sort of not as 
metalcore breakdowny heavy as what they once were, but um, I still think what they're doing is fantastic. And the Color Decay is probably their best release since Roots, if I'm honest. Um, mm. I think it's what it's doing for current metalcore and the fans it's bringing back in now is so impressive. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't go past this song. It's just incredible. I think what you said as well, where like the synth wasn't like, it, just, it didn't feel like a main part of the song. I think because I was at the tour in Melbourne when they played this in full. Um, and it translates super well. Like yeah. you wouldn't even know because I didn't play the synth there or not the show I went to. And if they did, I couldn't even hear it. But um, yeah, it just translates really well today. And, and like his vocal ability is crazy. Yeah, it's un- it's but, unmatched. Yeah. I mean, that was what, what now? Just, 10, 11 years ago, like you said. Yeah. Not many bands are still playing music like that and can still even do that. Mm, no. Like, so I think it's it's pretty nuts. Um, but next song, which is, I think, is a heavy hitter. Mm. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this one, mate. Man, so talk, I, talk us through Under Earth. It's just like, I, I could have picked so many songs here. Um, like, I think it's it's really hard to speak about this band because there's just, I have such a history with this band. Like, again, so going back to that Taste of Cars compilation album, this is my first Taste of Under Oath, and it was a B-side track. Um, I've got 10 Friends in a Crowbar or whatever it's called. It's such a long title. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first Taste of Under Oath, and again, it was one of those ones where I, I just said, what is this band and where can I find more of it? Um, I think it's got... I think it's only got a release on maybe one of the vinyl pressings that they've done. I think one of the audiophile ones that it's got a run on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> you're only chasing safety. It, it might not be their best album, but it's where I started and I just have such a connection with it. It's this song. It's dangerous business. Walking out your front door is my all time favorite under a song at, uh, Spencer was another one, another vocalist who I really looked up to. And it, it, probably more so on their later work where he, like on this, he does a lot of the high fry screens where on uh, Define the Great Line and, and Litsos, he does more of the the lower sort of gutturals and stuff. Um, so you, I don't think he's, his vocal range wasn't as good as it could be on this, on They're Only Chasing Safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this this album just means so much to me. I saw them at Soundwave 2009. Um, I, I figured out, very late in in my musical career that if I try and scream as loud as Chester or as as Spencer or as Mike at any show, I give myself a migraine. And I did it that day at, at Under Oath at Soundwave. I was in the middle of the pit screaming and yelling. So I think I just cut off oxygen to my brain and I just give myself migraines. And I had to leave the mosh pit, go get some fucking, I think I had like a, like a snow cone or something to try and like cool myself down because I was going that hard in the pit. But um yeah, I just, um, I mean, what this band and this album did for me at a time, I think it's 2006, um, it's just something that I'll, 2004, sorry, was just something that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, Spencer and Aaron, um, both incredible vocalists. Aaron's an insanely good drummer. I think anyone who, you know, has ever watched Aaron do what he does is just incredible. Um, you know, Chris, again, another band who had, who had synth, but... They didn't do it like you know, uh, uh, like Prada did with Big Wiggly style. They had that more ambient sort of laid stuff at the back that you don't hear unless you really listen for it. And it's it's impressive what they do. Um, yeah, these guys were my first ever tattoo. Like I wanted to get my Under Oath O for ten years. Like I, 
took me to 28 to finally muster up the courage to go, fuck it, I'm just going to go do it. Like, I don't know why I waited so long, but <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I feel I'm very lucky to have seen him at Soundwave. And um, when they broke up in, in 2013, it was, it, was, it was a tough day. Like, a band that had, had done so much for me and two vocalists who I adored and, yeah, it was it was it was really hard. And again, another one that like my friends from high school, Steph and Courtney, like they were probably the one band that we all followed together the whole journey. And you know, I remember being in year eleven when uh, Define the Great Line came out, and like we all came to school and we're talking about it, like, oh my god, this album's so good. And you know, Spencer's voice is so incredible; it's changed so much. And like, it was just, um, yeah, it was just awesome. And then to see them come back twenty seventeen on the Rebirth tour playing you know they're only chasing safety and to find the great line from front to back was like it's probably the like my favorite show of all time like i just yeah i just have so much love for this band and and i think this song's just incredible if you've ever seen it live you know the the part in the middle where it's drowning in my sleep drowning in my sleep the the choir singing it you know through the speakers and then i've got a video somewhere um of you know right at, at enmore and there's like, what it, what's what's the cap at Enmore? Maybe 2,000? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But everyone in the crowd is just like singing it back. And you like you could hear us more than you could hear the backing track. Like it's this is what this song does live and the experience that I had um, being there that night was um, is something I'll never forget. Damn. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of like, I agree with a lot of it with this band and this album. Although would you say this is your favorite album? Or from the, your favorite album? Yeah, see, that's I, I can never, I can never decide. Like, I think, like artistically as a, as as a collection of music, I think Define the Great Line is their best album. I think just what it did for them and the time of like, I mean, I wouldn't even call them a metalcore band because they don't they don't do like proper breakdowns. They have heavy sections, um, but I think what 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 they did to change their sound from they're only chasing safety to define the great line is just unparalleled. Like Spencer's voice is one thing that impresses me the most. Like he did these higher fry screams on they're only chasing safety and then completely flipped it for define the great line and does more like a lower end, like guttural kind of scream. And I think even, I mean, even Litsos, um, I know um, Amy, that's your favorite album and we've talked about it a hundred times. I don't know. I, I can't pick one. It's probably define the great line. But I always go back to their only chasing safety just for pure nostalgia and, you know, what it did for me in 2004 when I first heard it. Yeah, I like it's it. It's tough. It's tough, man. That album t- changed everything, I think. Like, changed the, the landscape of, like, what bands could do. Um, like, screaming and singing at the same time, drummer singing. Um, I remember came when it came out, it was absolutely mind-blowing. And, like... Mm. Even the, like, they revolutionized the album artwork. Like, how many bands had that same looking cover after um, Their Only Chasing Safety came out? Um, and they were just insane live. Like, I saw them at that Taste of Chaos and at Soundwave, and they were just unbelievable. Like, I, I can't even believe how much heavier they were in in person, like live compared to what they were in recording. And we thought they were the heaviest band ever. And then they brought out to find the great line. And we were just like, just mind blown. Yeah. They've got, um, they've got a song that, um, I, it's one of my favorite moments for the, the, it's, it's not necessarily like the best song or the best section of any song, but on Define the great line, there's a song, um, 
um, everyone looks so good from up here. And the this, this song plays out. It's like a two and a half minute song. And then there's this like nice little quiet section at the end. And it goes for probably about five seconds. And the whole band comes back in and Spencer's got a line where he's like, I can hear the unsatisfying silence. Um, I think it's uh, my mouth is open, but I don't know if you can hear me. And like, it just fucking hits. Like every time like Spencer sings a line, there's like the band's right there behind him, just giving it so much force and seeing that live, like that pause. And then in a second, like the whole band just kicks back in and it just, it's fucking brutal. Like, I mean, not, it's no like blast beats or like big, like, ooh, like it's not that kind of heavy, but like mm. it just hits. It's just so cool, man. I just, yeah. I mean, talking about three songs to open an album, like you were mentioning before, Dave. Yeah. Like that was one of my things with that album. I think it's got one of the perfect closers. And I love a closer, mm. but like that three to four run of songs to end that album is just like, yeah. It builds so well and then it ends like really satisfyingly. And yeah, fuck, they're a good band. Yeah, I um, I was very disappointed to see that um, Full Tilt didn't go ahead this year because they were on it. I mean, they would have played a lot of um, Voyeurist, which would have been fine because that's a that's another album that'll be up there for album of the year for me this year. But um, just a chance to see them again, play some of those old songs would have been cool. Like, I mean, they probably only play some of the classics, probably Dangerous Business. Um, I'd assume Writing on the Walls, um, uh, maybe a couple of others, but I'd be more the more front loaded with some newer songs, which is fine. Um, but if they ever want to do another uh, anniversary run for either uh, Tox to find the great line or Litsos, like I'm all for it. I'd just, I'd be so happy to see that happen again. Hmm. So a question I had, yeah. I mean, I think you, I've kind of, you've answered it for me, but would, would you say Under Oath are like the band for you? Like in that first kind of, because now that we've done the first bracket, would you say Under Oath are probably the biggest band from oh, early on? Yeah, 100%. I think every band that I listened to led to that moment of me finding Under Oath and... Yeah, I mean, I just quickly, like, before we move on, um, I've just got this very fond memory of um, the the first time I got to find the Great Line on vinyl. Um, so it's original press in 2008. I think it was... I think I've seen it on Discogs. I'm sure it's, like, 2,000 or 3,000. Like, it's a lot. Like, but you just don't find them. They, they never come around. Like, I think it was 2018 when I finally got a copy. Um, I've been actively searching for a while. Um, it's got this cool like alternate artwork for it. Um, it's just a two LP on black. Like it's nothing like crazy special or anything. Like it, again, I think there's a lot of them. Um, I just people just don't sell them um, like yeah. ever. Um, and now that all the represses are out, like it's it's not hard to come by at all. Um, but I just remember searching for ages and ages and ages. And eventually, funnily enough, I I had a first press of Mayday Parades anywhere but here. Um, and I had it sitting in my collection for ages. It's a, a black of 250. And like, I remember when I first cataloged it into Discogs, I was like, oh shit, this is kind of rare. And mm. people are going to pay stupid money for this. Like, I think one was sold on Discogs at one point for $450. Like, crazy. So I was like, well, I like Mayday Parade, but I don't really listen to this. I don't, I don't need it. Um, <laughs> And I, I stupidly sold it for 400. I probably could have got more, but basically the money from that funded to find the great line. So I went on to Discogs and there was one in America for, I think I paid like 280 bucks for it. So, and it's like, which is fine. Like for my favorite album of all time, like it's, well, maybe not all time, but one of my favorite albums, like I'm fine with that. And I'd been chasing it for so long and yeah, it was just, yeah, it all, everything just happened so perfectly for that moment to occur. And 
I remember the night that I got it or the day I got it. I think I had footy training on. So I've gone to footy training and I finished up there. I went to mum and dad's, like everything shipped to mum and dad's because there's always someone home. I picked it up, came home, dinner, shower, you know, everything, whatever. I sat down at 11 o'clock at night and I plugged my headphones into my receiver and I sat down in a chair next to my turntable and it was the greatest hour of my life. Like I just sat there and just like in complete awe and just like flipped side A to side B and then changed discs and went from side C to side D and I just just sat there and listened to it. And it's, it's like one of my favorite memories of listening to vinyl ever. That's so cool. I think everyone has that moment where yeah. you're like, fuck, I've finally got what I've been yeah. looking for. And yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, it's one I'll never forget. It's one of the best moments. A couple of you had anywhere a first press anywhere but here though. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. I like they all, I like to look back down. I'm like, I should have sold that for so much more. But whoever's got it's happy, and I've got a repress coming anyway, so it's fine. But um, yeah, yeah, first press. Yeah, I didn't you've know got, how incredible. Got, uh, yeah, no idea how much it was worth. I had no clue. It's just sitting there. You've got some stuff that I know I'm like, fuck, how, fuck, how do you get me that? Too. <laughs> and I'm sure one day I'll ask you some questions. Uh, yeah, you you're never getting Sayerson out of me, mate. That's for sure. Oh, it's the Taylor Swift one I'm looking at, mate. <laughs> oh, that's not happening either, mate. Ah, so this is a completely off topic, but how did you get that? Did you just get that at drop and you were really lucky? Or yeah, did you pick that, that up? Yeah, I just went on to Discogs and <sighs> some record store in America had it for 25 bucks and now it's sold as high as 1400 So it's never leaving my collection. Was it a pink 1985 or something, is it? Yeah, yep. yeah, a 1985 record store day. It's a it's a pink with a pink smoke through it. It's it's really pretty. Like it's it's a gorgeous record. Um, and I you know I remember seeing them, um, like maybe oh, three years ago, sell for like two three hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, that's so expensive. Yeah. Who would pay that much for it? And now it's sold for fourteen hundred dollars USD. That's nuts. Yeah, it's wild. It's not yeah. that pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I'd Keep never live my, like nah unless I like. I need some money really quick, but no way. It's too good. Well, anyways, let's get on to the next part of the bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. So your first song for the next five. So we've just done like, you know, the throwbacks. Uh, Your next five, obviously, like you mentioned, um, newer tracks. So the first one you got is Sync by Closure. Oh, man. Oh, this band. I love Closure. Um, Yeah. Um, So this is a a bit of a funny story, but... Um, I actually, I saw Closure support The Comfort and spoiler alert, we'll talk about The Comfort soon as well, but um, Closure and The Comfort were the two bands that sort of brought me back home. Um, I spent so much of my sort of late teens, early 20s listening to a lot of like American, like Warp Tour bands, metalcore and stuff. And I sort of, apart from like your big sort of like your Amis and your Parkways and your North Lanes, I sort of drifted away from the Australian scene a little bit. Um, I still had, you know, a few bands I listened to, but not nearly as many as I do now. Um, But yeah, um, Drown This City and The Comfort were doing a co-headline tour in 2019 and uh, they were playing at the factory floor in Sydney. And I just, at that stage, I was just going for The Comfort um, I didn't really know anyone else. I listened to a few songs from Drown the City, but then were never really my thing, um, which is a bit weird because I do love female-fronted bands, but um, they just didn't hit for me. But anyway. Um, they just actually caught it a day, right? Like uh, yeah, literally. Yeah. I think yesterday yeah, I saw that. Yeah, crazy. Oh, wow. Well, because um, you didn't uh, listen to their stuff before probably. that show. <laughs> I could have simped it up for them a bit. Maybe it would still be around. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I think it was uh, Infinite Illusion opened and then uh, Closure 
the comfort were meant to play and the drown the city were meant to headline but their vocalist whose name escapes me she was sick and they couldn't play so it was just um infinite illusion closure and the comfort and you know as you do you go in not knowing any bands and you sort of just you hope for the best that you're going to find something you like and I, I did that day I, I i went in and i was like who's this band closure i've never heard of them um currently it's only connor and lucy that are left in the band um at the time there was the guy who i can't remember his name the guy who drums for a lesion he was playing drums for closure um mm-hmm. oliver oliver from inertia i believe was playing guitar for them as well and then the other i think it was the other oliver who was the guitarist for um a lesion as well i think he was there i'm sure it was i can't it was a while ago i can't remember exactly but yeah so they've been through a bit since then but um yeah i just sort of went in with no expectations and this this band just blew me away they had i think they played three four maybe five songs maybe five songs um one of which was a veronica's cover um forever which was hilarious now i think about it but um you know (laughs) every band's got a, a funny cover somewhere um and it was this song sync that that really grabbed me um i just had the chorus for this song stuck in my head for like days and days on end. Like I, I didn't, I'd only heard it once and I just, it just stuck with me. I don't, like, I can't explain it. Like just one of those moments where I just, I, I just could not get this, get this song out of my head. Like I went and found them on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify that night. Um, I believe they only had bedroom on Spotify at the time. And then laundry day was uploaded shortly afterwards. Um, it wasn't till about, I want to say mid late 2020, maybe that they released sync and their other single roadside flowers onto Spotify. So I could finally hear it again. Um, but yeah, I've just, this band, like they've since become like some of my best friends, like Lucy Connor and Callum, who is on drums now. Um, like I just, yeah, I just love what they're doing. They've, they've been pretty quiet and I'm a little bit frustrated with them and they know that because I'm <laughs> waiting for some new music. It's been a long time. Um, but yeah, like I, um, I had a really nice moment with them uh, last year. Um, so I saw them play Factory Floor that night to 20, maybe 30 people tops. And it was mostly just the other bands that were there that night. Like there was hardly anyone who turned up for this show. It was kind of sad, but um, I saw them. So that first sort of, break after the first big lockdown so april 2021 they released their single with you and they played their release show in in sydney at the factory floor again so they've gone from playing to 20 people to a sold out factory floor of like 100 people with everyone singing their songs everyone knew the words like lucy didn't have to sort of encourage people to come to the front of the stage like we were all already there um it was just it was just such a great little moment for this band that i just love so much like you know they've they've gone on to be on some amazing shows and play with some cool bands. Um, I drove down to Melbourne earlier this year in February to see them play with Wind Waker, um, and I you know it's their first interstate show, so I wanted to be there for them. And you know I had little moments where you know people from Melbourne's music community were there, like uh, Jacob from ABVC was there, um, a couple other people I've spoken to online. The one moment that that really stood out because I, I wanted. I so badly want people to like this band. Like, I just love them so much. I uh, had Mitch Parry from Loose End come up and tap me on the shoulder mid-set and he just gave me, like, one of these, just, like, a thumbs up and, like, a little nod of approval. And I was like, oh, man, that means so much to me. Like, I just, 
yeah, I, I they, they've just become some of my best friends, and I just love what they do musically. They're like a little like Paramore and Belmont if they had a baby. Like it's just yeah, I I think it's more just the connections that I've made with these bands, like these guys in the comfort specifically, um, that I I love the most. But um, yeah, I I would just never forget the first time that I heard Sync. Mm. That's a great that's a great story, and I think. Um... It's almost like you just taught us the 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 birth of you know Sim Farrow as we know today. Yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I, these two bands oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I saw them with you at um, Panic at the Metro, and that was my first time seeing them actually live. And yeah. like, I did enjoy their music, and I think I found them through you know the split series on ABVC. Oh um, yes, I didn't like a lot of that. Like a lot of people did, right? And I think. Yeah. Um, I'd actually ticket to go to that show in that April of t- last year because um, I'd just moved to Sydney and it was like the first show I knew and I'm like, I'm keen to see this band. But, All right. you know, with moving, I just ran out of time. Yeah. Um, so seeing them the other week was great and I, I get the hype. I think once you see them, it's a very different from just listening to them like on streaming. Yeah. And oh, I can't even. Can I, I just? I have never sweated so much trying to buy records than that day that ABBC <laughs> drop went live. I was shaking, like, oh god, that was terrifying. Um, and I didn't even get the test. I've, I eventually did get one, thankfully. Um, thank you, Aiden, if you're listening. Um, he won one in a raffle and gave it to me for nothing. What a good bloke. Um, but it, yeah, the um, the the panic show a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, they they had such a good reception in Sydney, and it was. I know you were really excited to see a burden, and I'm I'm really sad that everyone left after closure. But they <laughs> do have such a good little community in Sydney that just love them, and yeah, 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 love that band. That's awesome. I love the noodly guitars. I think yeah. that's my favorite part. Is like sets them different to the like the rest of the pop punk bands. Is like that noodly guitar, and like it just carries Lucy's voice really well in the background, and like. We spoke about last week, uh, La Dispute, how how their music kind of carries Jordan's vocals. And I think they do a good job of it here, especially in sync. Like it just elevates her vocals like even more. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm like Phil. I haven't, I hadn't really given them much of a go until the the, the split series had come out. And um, yeah, I'm giving them more regular listens. Yeah, they're just again like. I, it's I'm I am I'm frustrated with it because I want new music. Um, I I know that they're just trying to get it right and do it properly. Um, I've already told them how frustrated I am, so I don't need to go on about it here. But they do have new music coming. Um, Callum sent me a demo the other night, and it is it is really cool. So um, they just need to track some vocals and get it polished and, and ready to go. But once it's here, I um I guarantee it you can enjoy it. It's gonna be good. Cool. Well, let's give it a listen, and then yeah. Catch you on the other side.
At the top there, we had Sync by Closure, and after that, we had Parallels by Inertia. Oh, this is the so- this was the hardest choice. I am okay. I, I'll get my apologies out of the way first because <laughs> this could have been Headwreck, Days Like These, Bloom, Alt, Alira, the list goes. It could have been so many bands. Um, look, I've as, as much as I love Inertia, it could have been anyone. But um, at at at, at 
this rate as it stands, so this EP Memoria is my EP of the year. I don't think it's going to get topped. I just think what Inertia do for me is like the perfect band. Like they have, you know, cleans, they have screams and Julian does it all. And he is a fantastic vocalist. There's been a couple of like posts in Silly Goose this week. It's like, who are your favorite vocalists? And I've tagged Julian twice and I just feel like a big simp. So I'm sorry. Um, but you are a big that, simp. Though, Matt. Yeah, no, fine. yeah. They, um, they just like that sort of post hardcore metalcore thing. They do so well. Like Mark is such a talented guitarist. And I know on this song specifically, I had them on the pod and we spoke about it, but I think, um, I think Oliver wrote a lot of the guitar for this from what I understand. Um, but yeah, I think just what they do as a band is just so perfect for my music taste. Like they have the cleans, the screams, the really soft ambient atmospheric sections, but then they can contrast it with these like brutal as fuck breakdowns. And like, it all just comes together so perfectly. And it's like, it doesn't, it's not faulted. It doesn't seem like cut together. It just, it just works. And I think I said to them on the pod, I think, I think this is my favorite inertia song ever. Like, I just think they've, they've found what they do best and they've done it perfectly. Like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't have written together or put together a a better song for this band. But I think, so this EP Memoria is going to be one of my favorite releases this year. Definitely my favorite EP at this point. Um, yeah, it's just it's got yeah groovy choruses, big breakdowns, um, and it's just yeah, it's unreal. I just I I cannot fault it, and I think they're just that such a great band live. Um, I've seen them I think three times this year already. Um, yeah, and it's good to see them get the recognition they deserve. Obviously, signing to Resist um, earlier this year, um, going on a big AMPM run across the country, um, and in November they're supporting Deadlights and Mirrors on that um, co-headline tour they've got. So it's um. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but again, th- I mean, this could have been anyone. Like literally so many bands I could have put here. But um, I think I just wanted to give this song and this EP just the, the moment it deserves because I just I love it so much. We're going to get physical soon, do you know, Matt? <laughs> 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 they are working on it, yes. Um, I am desperately waiting for an announcement. But um, yes, uh, I have been told they are working on it. So. Ooh, nice. Speaking of physicals, um, I would... Jacob, Pikey, if you're listening, please press connection. Just, just please, like, just do it. Or Summit. If you, I mean, it's not necessarily an older throwback album like you guys are doing, but someone's got to press it. It's, it's so good. It needs it. Someone do it. I actually saw them play with, um, they supported uh, Pride Lands and Stories. And Stories did that yes. run of shows a few months ago. Um, and that actually blew me away with how, like, like as a band, they're they're super tight. Like yeah. they they've been doing this. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but it felt like they've been doing it for a long time. Like they they could have they could have played up the bill a lot more than what they did. Um, yeah. It actually blew me away with how how good they were. Yeah, they played some some pretty good shows this year. I mean, I was lucky. So I saw them. Um, I was late last year, so it was like when lockdowns first sort of ended. Um, they played a an AM PM. Um, uh, no, sorry. No, they had sorry. They just had a show at Level One at Burdekin, Um and it was like they were still playing the EP. They had they were playing Hive Mind, but they hadn't released it yet. And then again, yeah, earlier in the year, I think it was maybe February, March, they played an AMPM, and then they came back and they played their um, EP release show and played a bunch of shows through there. Um, they supported um, 
the Pride Lands tour as well. And then again, they played with um, Void of Vision at Manning Bar in Sydney. So yeah, they've they played some big shows. They've got a couple more still to go. They played another show at Frankie's on a Sunday night. Um, again, they're supporting Mirrors and uh, Deadlights in November, which I'm really excited for. So yeah, they're on the up and um, they're just, I mean, they're such a good band live and it's good to see them as well. Like, you know, uh, especially with my Melbourne mates in particular, like whenever a band from Sydney heads down there, I just, I, want, I love hearing, you know, how they're recepted and like what the what the vibe was like in the room. So, I mean, from all reports, like it's been, it's been good. They, they're getting some more recognition outside of Sydney, which is great. They're a very technical band and he, the vocalist mm. just like took me straight back to Dead Letter Circus and he's like, I just couldn't unhear it. And that's like a compliment because he's like um, an amazing vocalist. But it's just something that's, it must have slipped past me. I like, I don't know. I mustn't have seen your posts <laughs> about them or something, <laughs> but um, it's, it's definitely piqued my interest. So I'm hoping those physicals are, are not far away. I think, yeah, I, th- I think because um, resist um, press in Europe, I yeah. think so. It may, may, it may be a bit longer than we that we'd like, but um, yeah, hopefully soon. Mm. There are another band as well that were actually on the the split series, right? Yeah, so I think that's actually. The, yeah, that might have been where I found them. Yeah, yeah, number three with Andy Klein. Um, yeah, they had uh, Heavy Eyes, um, which is a great track. Um, which is again is another reason why AVVC should press connection because it's great. Um, but uh, yes, uh, yeah, good, good band, good, very good band, um, and just lovely dudes too. Like I, you know, whenever I'm in Sydney at a show, like I see a lot of Ollie getting around supporting other bands. Um, Mark does a lot of work. Like he's um, Keywork Audio is his, uh, his company business, whatever you want to call it. Where he like mixes and produces a bunch of different bands. He's done a lot of work with with closure and, uh, and revoid and, uh, I don't know, a ton of other bands in and around Sydney and outside of Sydney, obviously, but, um, yeah, really, really good blokes. So if anyone needs anything, I mean, go hit up Mark. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, they've just changed jump drummers again. Um, so, but that's, that's, that's been a smooth transition. That's, that's been fine. Um, yeah. And then and Julian again, who's just like, and you know, he pulls it off live too, which is incredible. Like he, he sounds as good live as he does when on recording. Like it's, you know, you get those guys who have that sort of higher register voice and belt out these big notes and they, they can't pull it off live. Um, but Julian does every time. Like he's so clear as well. Like yeah. I, it actually was like, holy shit. Like, is there, I'm not saying there was a track. There's not a track, but yeah, like, you know, you, you think of it, you're like, fuck, this sounds way too good for an opening band. But yeah, um, yeah no, they're, 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 they're a great band live. Definitely go see them if you if they play near you. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I did have I did have one little funny story that I wanted to mention. But on their um, AM PM um, release show run, whatever you want to call it, they um they were playing Parallels in particular. Um, and at the at the end before the breakdown comes in, there's like um like the the sort of it sort of fades out, and then Julian comes back in with his big like pre breakdown call out. And Julian missed his cue, but I got it. I thought that was really funny. Like <laughs> he missed his vocal cue, and I'm there screaming at him. And I can see in his face he's panicked, trying to figure out where he's up to in the song. He cleaned it up nicely, but um, yeah, it was just it was funny that I I hit the mark and he missed it. But um, yeah, fair play it was good. It was good. Tim Farrow coming through again to save the day. <laughs> yeah, well, if he had to give me the mic grab, I mean, I would have got it for him. So that's his fault. But um, no, it's good. It's good. Very good. The next time they played it, he didn't fuck it up. So I was very happy. But yes, good band. Very good band. Go listen to Inertia. 
the next song then that we'll talk to yeah. is uh, one I'm really excited to talk about. Yes. It's uh, Crash by Eden. Oh, man. Um, I, so, I again, I had my notes here, and it's, this is a long story, so I wanted to – I'll take it back to where it, where it started. So, like, obviously – can I just this say is, as well, I don't yeah. know any person in the world that knows of Eden except for you until Dude. like the other week when you, you sent the playlist and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm keen. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's kind of obvious with our like group of friends and people in our scene, like he doesn't fit and it's fine. Um, but I, I understand why there's not many other people that listen to it, but it's good to know that we, you know, we have a, we have a friend each who does now so we can talk about it. But yeah, um, yeah, I think like my like heavy music journey along the way, like especially early days, there wasn't much like penetration from like softer pop music or any, anything like I was just like punk metalcore, post hardcore emo. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably wasn't till I want to say maybe like 2011 um, with uh, my ex-girlfriend. Um, she like, she was not from this realm. Like she did not belong in my life listening to music whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I sort of rubbed off a little bit on her. I feel like, I feel like she had a soft spot for while she sleeps in a couple of the bands, but I could be wrong. Um, well, I did take it to a sound wave once, which was a nice little day for us, but, um, yeah, I don't think I really, um, got through to her much more than that, but, yeah. um, because of her, I was you know, at the time listening to, uh, Lord's pure heroin, which is uh, one of my like favorite albums from that era, um daughter's album if you leave um the song from that youth really struck a chord with me and i uh, it's it's very indie rock sort of sound but that album just for whatever reason um yeah just did something for me and then lana del rey's dark paradise um like i have so many memories of that album like just doing like sunday road trips to the beach or whatever i think sort of that's sort of where this this era of like softer music sort of started um, fast forward to 2013, I was driving home from TAFE, um, and for whatever reason, I just had this, this like really weird sensation or just moment where I was like, I, I want to listen to Triple J. And like, I never, never listened to the radio. Like I, for, for years and years had a USB full of like 3000 songs that I just plug in, select whatever album I wanted to listen to, or put it all on random, whatever I did. And I just listened to whatever came on. For whatever reason, I was driving home and I just like, I'll just see what's on Triple J, whatever, like just on a whim. And I was driving home and this song came on and all I had was these, this one line from the chorus that they stuck in my head. And I was, I was just like, I, I just, I sang this line to myself for the whole drive home, the next half an hour. I was like, do not forget this line. You need to get home and Google it. And find out what this song is that I couldn't. St- I mean, I, I probably could have stopped and maybe shazammed it. I don't know. I was on the highway. I just panicked and I was just like, "Remember these words. You needed to Google them when you get home." So I did, and that was um, a song by a New Zealand brother sister duo called Broods. The song was Bridges. I don't know if you're listening and you know what this song is, but it's one of my favorites. I love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an EP, um, the self-titled EP. They've had a couple of albums since. Um, Fantastic song. Fantastic. So that's sort of like where like synth pop, whatever you want to call it, sort of entered my life. And I I really had a moment where I was like, I really like this music. Like, I don't know what it is mm. about it. It's not heavy. It's not, it's no, there's no like proper guitars or bass or drums and breakdowns, but I like it. And I didn't know why, but I did. <laughs> I couldn't explain it. Um, 
And then, so fast forward a few years, 2018, um, oh, there's a few people that know, but I, I coach football, uh, coach women's open age football. Um, I, I, um, I had a, I just a, one of the girls on the team, Lily, we became really good mates. We spend our weekends together. We go out to the beach, go fucking have lunch here, do whatever, go for bush walks and hikes and stuff. And we're driving out to this little town here called Jeringong. It's right on the beach, really beautiful little coastal seaside town. And she'd always be like, oh, can I put on some music? So I give her my phone. And it's normally it's just some like, you know, teenage trash, like breakup music, whatever it is, like mm. just generic stuff. And then she randomly puts on Crash by Eden. And I was just like, what the fuck is this song? And why have you been hiding it from me? Like... It's it's sort of hard to explain what he does, but he's just like a, you know, an indie synth pop artist, and he has this song specifically. It's got like a really simple, like soft guitar with some like you know eight oh eight beats over the top of it. But then he does like these little sounds, like these little glitch sounds or bleeps or bloops or whatever it is, just thrown in there. They just it feels like he's just sitting there. He's just hit the keyboard like I'll try this one here and then this one yeah. here. And he's just like putting these random sounds in, but it, it works. It fucking yeah. works. And I, I just can't explain it. But um, yeah, that album Vertigo um, went on to be my second favorite album of 2018. Um, it's full of more of what Crash is. Um, if you enjoy it, I implore you to go listen to it. Um, but yeah, um, it's crazy that the doors that this album has opened for me as well. Like, I, you know, I sort of look back and, and look at what I've listened to since then. And it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I was listening to Taylor Swift at the time. I listen to a lot more of her now. Um, there's another duo. Uh, to, I don't know if they're sisters. Um, they're like, I think they're Swedish, maybe. Um, Say Lulu, really like pop mm. synth, like girls. Like it's. Really generic, but I, I don't know. It does something for me too. Um, uh, Benny, um, I think it's Benny. I think it's how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Um, Dua Lipa, I love Future Nostalgia. Um, Lennon Stella, even going as far back as like Millie Tizard, who was on YouTube like years ago doing her acoustic stuff. Um, mm. A little bit of Sia even. And then like the world of TikTok and the music that I found from that, like Claire Rosencrantz, Olivia Rodrigo with her album Sour last year. Mm. Um Pink Panthers doing her like hyper pop thing. Um, there's another girl, Piri, um, P I R I, and there's a girl from New Zealand called Elena who had a song called Glowing, which I've just fallen in love with. But yeah, I think like it's it's like, again a long story, but I think my you know my ex girlfriend opening that door, finding Broods especially, um, and then like the music I've listened to since then has just been a wild ride, but Eden stands alone at the top as like my favorite mm. from this sort of, yeah, weird synth pop era of my life that I can't explain. Uh, I, I have the exact same thing. And I mean, my story is so similar, the parallels, um, daughter, one of my favorite artists, you know, back in the day and still one of my favorite, like, I think Dave and I have been tracking what we spin and daughter's pretty consistently up there. Yeah. Um, and just like all those bands that you mentioned along the way, they kind of led to this moment. And I love yeah. atmospheric kind of doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be heavy. I'm, I probably prefer softer music to be honest. Um, and Eden does that really well. And this album, like you said, is, is fantastic. And this yeah. track is a great, it's probably a good track to have off the album, to be honest. I think it's a good standalone track. And I think you summed it up really well. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to describe. Um, it is. Yeah. 
I was going to ask, do you listen to Valis Alps? Do I listen to... Valis Alps? I've never heard of it. No. I reckon you'd be a fan. After this, I'm going to send you some links. I reckon okay. you might like that. Please do. Sorry, Dave. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's emo Jason almost. So like that lighter emo, like I really enjoyed it as well, but I, yeah. I the glitches weren't for me. So <laughs> it was just a, too a bit random for me, yeah. but it flowed really well. And I was like getting into like the groove of it and like it can yeah. help you sink into your chair if you're like chilling out. And then the glitch got me. And I was like, oh, what? What was that? And I thought <laughs> it was like it, does, it catches you off guard because <laughs> you're not ready for it. And it, it's weird. Like I said, he just puts these noises in yeah. and it's. It's hard to describe like why and how you'd think to do that, yeah. but he does. For, like for me, it works. Mm. It doesn't for you, obviously, yeah. Dave, and that's fine. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, it's weird, but it's I love every second of it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm go. I'm definitely gonna get into the album because it's yeah, it's super chill. I think like it's there's some like kind of emo elements there in like the mm. in like the stories that he's telling and tells in oh, the yeah, story and stuff definitely. like that. So. I can see why it's appealed to you in that instance. Um, and the music's really cool as well. Yeah, definitely lyrically, I agree. Yeah, it's, um, it is. It has a bit of like emo sort of undertone to oh, it. It's brutal. It's yeah. brutal lyrically. It's yeah. like a sad album. <laughs> like, have, um, have you got this on vinyl, Phil? No, I don't. I don't have oh, this man. on vinyl. So I, I jumped on board early and I, I picked up a few. Like, I think I got this the, the year it was released. Yeah. Um, I've gone back. There's a, there's um, his EP. I can't. It's the one with the white cover with the. I think you the, think too much of me. Is that, that one? one? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. With like so the symbols expensive. on it. Yeah, yeah I know. I've it's seen like it. Two hundred, three hundred bucks minimum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's um it's definitely worth it. And then he's got his uh, second album was No Future, and then the more recent one, which was only maybe two months ago. Um, in case you missed it, came out and. More of the same, like he doesn't really yeah. change too much. Like he's he's found his niche, he's really good at it. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I just yeah, I can't explain it, but does something to me and I love it. And um when he comes out here, Phil, we're gonna get to see him hundred percent. Absolutely. Um and that's the beauty about music, right? Like I think when we get to stories and we we'll talk to people about bands like this, that it's like, well, what I've no business liking this, right? But you just yeah. do and you can't explain it, and I think um yeah, fuck, I love stories like that. Yeah, yeah. This, this is probably like my the song I was most looking forward to talking about because it's so different and like I there's so much about it that I just I have no words for. But I think yeah. people would like it though. I think if they, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think for me, this is an album that I would put on, you know, after after a long day at work when I, when I used to work kind of shift work and I drive home at night. It would be a great album to put on mm. for my drive home. You don't really want to be sitting in traffic and fucking thinking. You just kind of want to coast and cruise and just yeah. kind of relax and just kind of let the music take you and i think if you do like the song when we played in a minute um go for a drive or just sit on the couch after after a long day and just kind of zen out to it and i think you might find something there that you you might like and go back to yeah 100 percent. i'm keen let's load it up and then um a few more tracks to go on the other end big some heavy hitters coming oh yeah oh, let's go let's do- it's been a few years since you've been gone Been a few tears, but that was years and years ago. Yeah, I grew up to be exactly what you wanted. Yeah, I've been living out the dream that you dreamt of. 
Fingers over scarred skin Let the guilt rain down all over me 
All right. So at the top there we had Eden Crash, and just then we heard Colorblind by Movements. Man, I look. I, I don't want to say that that like it's because of me, but like I think I manifested them coming back to Australia. I think I did it, I did it, and it's happening, and it's announced today, and I'm I'm so excited. I um I love this band. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what can I say that people don't already know? Like what they've done for this new wave of like emo post hardcore, like mm. whatever you want to call it. Like they've they've changed it and they changed the game and stepped it up really 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 big um look i think feel something specifically i think you know speaks for itself everybody loves it it's one of those albums that'll go down in in emo folklore is like one of the best albums ever um Mm. and it probably it'd be another one of those that'll be in my top 10 um yeah colorblind sort of i feel like i was really early to movements i feel like I don't know, like, I don't know how people missed them, to be honest, but I feel like there's people still only finding out about them now. And I'm like, how? Like, yeah. Like, I feel something was like such, I mean, it was really big in America. Maybe it didn't quite get here quick enough, but I mean, I feel like I was on board right around the time that this sort of really started to get some traction. Um, so I feel pretty lucky, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think this song just came on like on a, a random Spotify playlist, something maybe like a, an emo one or a, a pop punk's not mm. dead. I have no idea, but I just, the one memory I have of this song is putting it on repeat and just washing my car and just like listen to it like 10, 15, 20 times on repeat. Cause I was like, I fucking love this song. Like, it's just mm. so good. Um, but yeah, I, again, what I, I just think what they've done for this new, new wave of, of emo coming through has been incredible. Um, I mean, look, say what you will about, no good left to give. Like, feel something was fucking an incredible album to try and follow it up. Like, I they had no chance. Like, it was never yeah. gonna happen. Um, yeah. But I mean, this still has some great songs like Seneca, Moonlight Lines, um, Twelve Weeks, Garden Eyes. There's some great songs on there. But I mean, feel something just just hits you right in the feels. Like, literally, like there's just so much there to digest and 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 listen to. It's just an incredible album and. Colorblind was my first song by them, which is why I've chosen it. Um, I think it tells a really nice story of, you know, maybe not appreciating someone as much as as you should have because they were gold and you were colorblind. Like, I think it's something we can relate to. And, like, movements, lyrics are something that I've always really appreciated. Again, like, I'm a big lyrics guy. And I think that Patrick, or I'm assuming it's Patrick, is just such a good lyricist. And, I mean, especially on Feel Something, there's some heavy-hitting songs on that album that just, like like Deep Red and Submerge while not being maybe everyone's fat. I mean, and even like Day, like Daylily is a good song. Don't get me wrong, but I'm fucking sick of hearing it. Like there's there's some good songs in an album and Daylily isn't like up there. Like <laughs> the back half of the album is loaded full of fucking emotional, like heavy hitting songs and they just deserve a bit more attention. But Daylily is good. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, man, Colorblind was just my, my intro to this band and um. Yeah, I just, I can't look back. And I'm so excited to see where they go. Like Cherry Thrill, they released maybe like a month ago and they've changed it again. Like they've, like if you played Cherry Thrill next to fucking Colorblind or Third Degree, like, or Full Circle, like Mm. two completely different bands, you'd have no idea. But I still love what they're doing. I think like, you know, I think the, the big comparison I always go back to is Amity. Like 
you know, you can't release Young Bloods, Chasing Ghosts, This Could Be Heartbreak, whatever the fucking other album was that I don't care about. Like, (laughs) you can't do the same thing four times in a row because people get bored. Like, and I'm all for bands changing their sounds. I implore it. I mean, look, if you like Ami, look, good for you. I just, I just don't care for them anymore. (laughs) I just don't give a fuck. I mean, look, if they want to do like a Severed Tires, Young Bloods, or Chasing Ghosts, like anniversary show, sweet. I'll go see them. But if they play anything after that, I just don't care. Um, They lost me. Um, so movements to keep changing it up and, and trying something new. I'm all for it. And I love what they're doing. I'm really keen to see them at a show. Uh, cause I, I loved barbed wire body when it came out at the start of the year. Yeah. Very good. And then the new single really completely threw a curveball at me and I still don't know what to make of it. I, I'm keen to see it live. Um, because I was the same with my chem when my chem released danger days, I was like, all right bit reluctant like a lot of people were yeah and then i saw it live and i was like fuck these songs slap they fit in seamlessly you know live a whole different story so i'm, I'm keen to see them um if you are responsible for manifesting the tour i thank you because i can't <laughs> bloody wait to see busted manor again as well um but no i think colorblind's a really good song um from that album i think it's a good standalone song I think the gray is my favorite from the album i mean yeah. i talked to, to closes i think that yeah, it's heavy it's heavy hitting it is um, and I think for, and I know Dave, we talk a lot about, not that movements are melodic hardcore, mm. but they, they do, they did kind of play in that whole spoken, spoken word kind of hardcore kind of genre yep. for a minute there. And not a lot of those bands kind of last. So yeah. I think it was a right move for movements to, to try and evolve. Right. And I think, um, uh, no good, oh, fuck, whatever the last album was called, no um, yes. no good left to give. Um, I think it was good. Like I, I didn't hate it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I definitely didn't hate it. I think it's more just the fact that like they had to follow up, feel something yeah. with, with, with something like any album, like it wouldn't have mattered what they did. It wouldn't have been good enough for, for everyone. And that was all I saw. Like everyone was just like, I don't care what this, I'm just going to go back and listen to feel something. But like, there's some, there's some, like, I mean, there's some good songs on it. And I think each release they've had, like, you know, you look at outgrown things, their EP, like it's, it's so raw and like there's a, it's a bit more aggressive and and Patrick does a bit more of that sort of unclean sort of singing, almost a scream sort of thing. Feels something it's a bit more polished and Patrick does a lot mm. more singing and there's still a little bit of that spoken word, but that's almost gone out of mm. their their thing now. Um, and yeah, no good left to give. I think the spoken word stuff is gone. The screaming, I think there was maybe one one scream on one of the singles. I think it was it wasn't much at all, but. What doesn't, what hasn't changed, is been their their ability to storytell and and write lyrics and songs with with so much emotion and and just thought and feeling put into it. I mean, Moonlight Lines for me stands out as the the single that was my favorite off No Good Left to Give, and I think it's probably a testament to their songwriting abilities, both musically and lyrically. I think it's mm. is my by far my favorite song. But um, again, I think for them, you know, again, Barbara Body and Cherry Thrill, like completely different again and i i I, i'm I'm all for it i think i really liked what they did with cherry thrill i know it wasn't everyone's thing i thought austin's bass was incredible um lyrically i thought it was was just so smooth and like sexy like in the best way possible so but i I think it'll be very hard to play it live up against some of their older songs where the vibe's completely different like it's going to contrast a lot but it'll be interesting to see um yeah i still find it again that that tour so they were here in 2018 
Um, awesome tour, by the way. I was, I was at the Melbourne show. I, I can't believe there's so many people that didn't go. Like, people were like, oh, it. I want to see movements. It's like, dude, I saw them five years ago, like four yeah. years ago. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's people just weren't on board or if people just weren't like vibing it at the time, but man, it's, it's such a good fucking album. It's such a good band. And, and, and like, I feel so privileged to have seen them, especially with COVID, like two years of no yeah. tours. Like, it, like, it obviously hurt everyone but like i think i think at the end of 2019 early 2020 i was like i was gearing up for a big year of music like 2019 was huge i saw so many bands especially even in december like i saw like five shows in the space of two weeks like Mm. and i was like i'm fucking ready like 2020 is gonna be such a good year i'm fucking pumped here we go saw north lane saw closure in the same night and i was like yes let's do it let's do it (laughs) let's go and then nothing and yeah Next year's yeah, going I, to be huge, for sure. Oh, I cannot wait, honestly. Like, the amount of bands that have teased tours or have announced tours already, yeah. And the movements, like, if I did, if it was, if I manifested it somehow, made it happen, I'm, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just happy. Can't wait. I mean, t- today was a big day for gigs because yeah. I don't know about you, Matt, but David and I, we're big No Pressure fans. Yeah, um, me too. And yeah. that got announced today and I was like, fuck, what a, like, this is... Like Christmas nearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That'll be good. That'll be very good. One last thing um, on Colorblind. I think that if you want someone to get into movements, that's the song that you show them. I think that's a perfect encapsulation of like where they're headed in direction of sound and also where they've been. It's just a good blend of, of kind of the softest direction that they're going to, but it's just such a great song. Like, yeah, anyone... Anyone who's looking to get into the band, just listen to to Colorblind. You'll you'll be hooked straight away. Yeah. Funnily enough, I um because the movements tour was announced, I got a, a group chat with again my best friend Steph and Courtney from high school and Steph's husband Justin. And Justin's a big movements fan. Um, Steph is a little bit. She was more excited for um, Boston Manor. And then Courtney jumps in. And she's like, "Who are these bands?" And I'm like, "Have you been living under a rock?" <laughs> like. I'm constantly telling you to listen to bands. And she's like, oh, uh, no, I haven't. And I was like, listen to Feel Something. You will love it. And she comes back like half an hour later. She's like, yeah, okay, I love it. And I was like, thank you. Now, I, get ready because they're coming out. We're going to go see them. I think it's almost poetic as well that they're playing with Boston Banner. I think, oh, Dave, maybe fuck, we've had a conversation about like bands genre bending and kind of changing yeah. their sound. And Boston Banner yeah. are probably in my mind, along with Trophy Eyes, two of the bands that have probably done it and probably been really vocal about it on places like Twitter because their first album was like essentially just a pop punk record and their second album, they kind of became a bit more just of a rock band really, like just kind of a bit more, a bit more just not generic, but just not pop punk. And I'm keen to see both of these bands on tour because I haven't seen Boston Manor since before the pandemic either. So yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I never got into Boston Manor myself, but I mean, movements alone, like I will, I mean, we're discussing it today. Like I'll do Sydney and Wollongong, definitely. Um, I know Jackson really wants us to go to Newcastle, but that's- Come to Newy. I'm going to go to Newy. It's well, on the Friday. Yeah, look, I'm, 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 I was going to say it's a four hour drive and I don't think I can do that. But then I also considered driving nine hours to Melbourne to see that show. So I can't say <laughs> I won't drive to Newcastle if I'm driving twice as long to go to Melbourne. So I uh, might have to, but yeah, I mean- Sydney and Wollongong definitely. Um, especially, uh, have you have you been to Dicey Riley's in Wollongong, Phil? No, it's literally it's it's the best, it's like the best and the worst venue. It's like this dingy little pub. Like this, the stage is probably like forty centimeters off the ground, and like there's no awesome. barrier. Like 
It's going to be wild. Um, yeah, you'll have to come down for it. It's going to be sick. Oh, I can't wait for that. And I think because they're playing the corner in Melbourne, is that right? Yeah, yeah on a Thursday. And Which when I saw them, they played at the Ev, which is, again, a tiny venue. Um, so I thought when I looked at the venues they're playing in Sydney, I'm like, they're smaller than Melbourne. Yeah. It's going to be a better vibe, I think, than the Melbourne show. Just when I consider, like, last time I saw movements, it was hectic being, like, maybe 100 people in a room. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think we're pretty lucky in New South Wales for this one. I don't say that often, but... <laughs> yeah. I uh, can't wait. It's going to be so good. Very good. So, last song. Um, do you want to introduce it, Matt? Matt? I'm sure, like, this is... Uh... Yeah, this yeah. is... <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, this is probably going to be the longest story of the night. So, I'm sorry. Um, but I've picked um, Sanctuary by The Comfort. Um and if like if you don't know me, they're like they're probably my favorite local band. Um, I mean, I say local, but they're still they're still bigger than that. But um, yeah, I mean, I so they had an EP twenty sixteen uh, love, um, which I found through Dreambound on YouTube, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, um, go to YouTube, just type Dreambound. Um, it's just all these um, may, mainly unsigned artists, I assume, who just, you know, dream out, get in touch, and they're like, we like this song, we want to do something for it, and they put it up on there and music videos and stuff, and it's just like the the myriad of bands that I've found through Dreambound is just unbelievable. Like, I know yours truly were on there at some point. Um, my friends, uh, Corsten from Canada, they were picked up for that. Um, a, a ton of other bands. Like, it's just ridiculously, the amount of good music on Dreambound. Like, you just go there and just like, Listen to a song, hit next, whatever random song comes up, like it's gonna be it's gonna be good, like guaranteed. Dreambound is the best. Mm. Um but yeah, so I found um Everstone and Love and Other Drugs through that. Um bought the the Love EP and and just enjoyed it for what it was. Um great EP, fantastic, but um it wasn't until the album What It Is to Be that Sanctuary is on that I I really sort of really connected with this band and, and found like a love and a passion for, again, like these, these guys and closure were what brought me home to Australian music. Like I haven't, man, I haven't, I haven't connected with, an, with music as much as I have with it, with, with what it is to be for the, I mean, I've got it tattooed on me. Like I've got four music tattoos and if you're on there, like you're pretty special to me. So, um, but this album is just like, it's, it's, it's a really sad story because, this album doesn't get the credit it deserves. Like I messaged the boys today when I was like prepping for this, I've listened to sanctuary and then, you know, it just rolled back into the start of the album. And I just listened to the whole thing again. Like I, I just, I love this album so much, but it just did not get the recognition it deserves, which is why I wanted to put a song from it on here. Um, yeah. So I bought the love EP and as part of the rollout for this, um, the guys just sent out um, envelopes and on the back, it literally, I think all it said was um, from a band you love, um, something, something's coming soon, you know, big things coming, whatever. And in it, there was nothing but two stick- two stickers that said what it is to be. That was, I had no idea what it was, could not tell you anything about it. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And why have I got it in the mail? No idea. Um, and I was scrolling through um, vinyl Instagram and I saw... Someone else had posted the same thing. So I contacted this dude, um, Brian Harriet, who lives in Albury. I don't know if anyone might know him. Um, 
And he's like, yeah, dude, I have no idea what this is. No, I, mm. not, not a clue. So we sort of just started to like converse as to what bands we thought it might have been. Like, are you assumed it was probably, you know, a local band who we'd bought merch through their big cartel or their whatever website who had our information and just thought we'll just tease something for him, whatever. Um, we ended up uh, Google searching what it is to be and there was a website um, that no longer exists. And all it was was a, I think it was like a 17-second clip um, of the start of a song off it called Futures. Um, and Brian was able to sh- Shazam that short sample of the song to find the album artwork with the song title, the album, the artist, everything. So we knew it was the comfort. So we went back to the boys and like, and they're like, congratulations, you guys are like, you know, one of a handful of people who have actually figured this out. Um and then the you know the ball just started rolling from there with me and the comfort. Like I started talking to them through Instagram, through Facebook, um, in the lead up to the album. You know I was being me and simping it up, and you know I I think what hurt the band the most, and I, it might just be that because they're the singles, they're the songs that I I listen to the least now because I've heard them so often. But I think the best songs weren't released as singles, and that's just my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't think it fully represented what they've done here. I think the last three songs on this album, Solace, Breathe, and Sanctuary, the song you'll hear or have heard, um, they sum up this album the best. They, they're they the three most emotional, heavy-hitting, like make-you-want-to-cry songs. And I I just haven't connected with music like this before. And it, I the, the boys themselves are fantastic. You know, Liam, Dom, Marcus, and Isaac, like I probably some of my best friends that I've made through the music scene. And um, yeah, man, this, what this album's done for me, like I said to the boys I had on the pod recently, I'm sorry, I'm really talking a lot. I do apologize. But um, I mean, them and Closure are probably the reason that I have the impact that I do currently in like the podcast, the being like I would I would have never posted anything in Silly Goose Club like or Unified Social Club like five years ago. I was I just assumed that no one would give a fuck about what I would say or no one cared for my opinion or no one wanted to hear what I had to say. But I think just like connecting with like minded people as we have like has brought me so much and yeah, I mean I just it it, it really hurts that this album didn't get the recognition it deserves because there's no, there's no more like good storytelling, good lyrically driven albums anymore. Like it's all just EPs and singles. And I think this is one you have to listen to from start to finish, put on a good set of headphones, sit down and actually listen to it. And like, if you'll find something there you like, I mean, there's songs on this album that have like 30,000 streams on Spotify and like, it's been out for four years, but literally just no one's listened to it. Like I think some of their singles that they've been out for less than six months have more streams than some of these songs. And it's, it's heartbreaking because I, I love this album so much. And I just, I, I wish that it got the recognition it deserves because it's, um, yeah, man, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I, I mean, it's a great story. And I think <clears throat> I actually, I got into this band because of you, and I think a lot of people in the local scene got into this band. I should fucking hope so. (laughs) And uh, it was funny. I was actually, I remember, so this was the first record on vinyl that I bought 
without ever knowing anything about, with never listening to it before. Yeah. And it was on the back of, I think you posted that they were up for sale still or something and it was locked down and I just moved to Sydney and I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to buy this album and I'm going to listen to it the first time on, on, on Wax and I'm actually going through the chats now and I'm kind of reading through and I'm like, dude, like the build up to the final track is incredible. Yeah. Um, and I remember listening to it. I, fucking weird story. I lied on my floor in my living room um, <laughs> and I remember putting it on and just lying there because I knew it was going to be that kind of album. Just yeah. from the way you'd spoken about it, it was going to be kind of like this big story. It kind of, it's got this feeling, you know, of, of gradual building towards towards the end, and um, it blew my mind. And I agree. I think people need to listen to this album. Um, yeah, and this track especially. Like I love a closer, and I think this is yeah a great one in our scene. Yeah, like it's a. I mean, it's an album of you know self discovery and and fighting through depression, and an album of loss and heartbreak and i mean this song is just a climax of like overcoming all the shit and just coming out the other side like i mean if you know the comfort like liam the guitarist vocalist is is very open about his battles with depression and and you know nearly killing himself i mean their song pain like it's literally like a song about him like almost like writing a letter to his family and being like i'm gonna kill myself like it's fucked like, I mean, he's in such a better headspace now and I am so happy for him and like, but th- I mean, there's just, there's so much to unpack in this album. Like he went, Liam went to South America somewhere on some like a uh, thing where you, it's, it's like a, a camp to, I don't know, help you find yourself. And he's, is t- a story he's got and I'm going to butcher it, but basically he like snorted some psychedelics through like a finger bone and like uh, some weird shit like that. I don't know, but like, um, he just he's he's been through so much to try and overcome all this shit in his life and like it's so good to see him in such a better space and like this album is like it is if you really listen to it it's fucking heartbreaking there are some really sad songs but like this song brings it all together and it's just like it just yeah it just closes it all off nicely on such a dark chapter of their life i think there's one thing that I've, I've wanted to point out here that I've written down, but um, if you go back to the EP Love, the f- closing track on that, um, to Prime, um, the lyric on it is, it's, it opens up and the lyric is, um, I need a new way to reset. I need a new way to forget. And then Sanctuary opens with the lines, I found a new way to reset. I found a new way to forget. So it, it, it's a full circle like thing and mm-hmm. it's just... I don't think there's not many people who have noticed it. I've talked to the boys about it, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you've gone through all the shit, you come out the other side and you're in just such a better place. And yeah, I, I, I I really appreciate that you took the time to listen to it, Phil. I really do because Mm. it it means so much to me. Like I messaged the boys today and I was just like, I, you know, if this album never gets the recognition or the congratulations it deserves, like, I just wanted to say thank you for writing it because it just means everything to me. Like I, I literally have what it is to be tattooed on my, on my thigh and it's like my favorite tattoo and it means the world to me. And I, um, I've, yeah, I just, I have not connected with music like this for a long time and I don't know if I ever will again, but, um, if you haven't, please sit down, get comfortable, get a good set of headphones and just, and just listen to it. I, I promise you, you will like it. It just, it just needs time. It just needs the time to sit down and, and just take it all in. I'm guilty like Phil. 
I bought it because of your posts and I'm absolutely with you there. It's like a great body of work. Like it's, it's very underrated and Sanctuary is, is exactly what you said. It's like the happy ending to a, such a sad story and like it's still heavy, but it's still like one of the be- like one of the great closes going around, I, I'd have to say. Yeah, I think like it to for the album and for the purposes of this, I think it's just yeah, it, it does wrap it all up very nicely. Mm. I just wanted to say on a, a separate note, because this is actually a bugbear that I have with just I guess the way the world is at the moment, with everyone having short attention spans and all this bullshit. But I think like the art of a good album and a good story, you know, is almost lost today. Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to say that um Roddy Radke's one to, to to take advice of from, but uh, I remember he said when he started releasing his um like Losing My Mind series, kind of like what four or five years ago, they just released Coming Home, and he's like, "Fuck, no one listens to the album, like the album tracks, no one listened to," mm-hmm. and I'm really worried that. I mean, we've seen it now. A lot of bands are releasing EPs or a bunch of singles, and then maybe they'll release a compilation of those singles. But yeah. an, a purpose-written album, you know, I think has such so much value. And I think if people are going to listen to something from this playlist, like the last two albums in particular, Feel Something and then The Comfort Record, I think yeah. listen to them in full because oh, I think the, the story needs to be told. It needs to be heard that way. And um yeah, this is a great album for that because if I'd listened to the singles, I probably wouldn't have got it. Yeah, I mean, um, like I, I, again, I don't blame you. Like I said, like I don't, yeah. don't think the singles are the best songs in the album. Um, the last three, in particular, like if you have to listen to them front to back, from I mean the whole album especially, but the three together, like yeah. Three Solace and Sanctuary, um, they, they don't. If you listen to them individually, they won't hit as hard as if you listen to them together. Um, but yeah, the the, the art of a good storytelling album is lost and it's, it sucks. I was, I, I love, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with EPs and singles. I especially, I do listen to a lot more EPs than I do albums because mm. um, I mean, that's, I mean, you just don't have a choice. That's just, mm. that's what people are doing these days. But I mean, if you, I mean, if you're old school, like some of us, like the art of an album is, is very special. And when it's done correctly and there's no filler songs, it can be really special. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Well, we'll we'll play that song to wrap up. Um, but is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to kind of get out before we we wrap up? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the comfort um, experience, everything, live and die. Um, out of November eleventh through Grayscale. <laughs> um, go buy your pre-orders from Grayscale and Artists First. Um, I don't know if you don't know who I am. Um, I'm. I mean, look. You either know me from Maddie's Vinyl on Instagram um, in my real life or Coffee Shop Soundtrack Podcast um, where I interview Australian local bands and one really cool pop punk band from Canada. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, ABVC, um, what we did in the weekend. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, thanks, boys, for the opportunity. Um, like I said, I am you know, in the midst of interviewing bands all the time, which is what I love. Um, I, I don't get a lot of opportunity to do this anymore and talk about like individual songs or you know albums or artists that mean the world to me so um i was really looking forward to this and i um i really appreciate the opportunity and um yeah thank you so much thanks for coming on thank you yeah thanks for coming on i really enjoyed the playlist and and your stories and everything and the way you approach music is like inspirational you like 
the way he talks about every song makes me want to go and listen to them but I can't listen to them all at once. So <laughs> no, I, I feel like I waffled on a lot, especially throughout the comfort and, and uh, closure. So I apologize, but um, yeah, no, I just, yeah. Like, like you guys, I'm passionate about what I love and um, yeah. Go listen to the comforts, what it is to be because it needs more streams. Um, it's so good. Um, but, you know, thanks boys. I'll, um, I'll appreciate it. And I'll let you go. All right, thanks, Benny. All right, well, thanks. And um, we'll finish off with uh, Sanctuary by the Comfort. But thanks again, Matt. And uh, we'll see you next week. Just to be content